Hello, and welcome back to the American Sushi Podcast. It is number nine today, and I am Too Spooky, otherwise known as Brandon, and with me is my co-host, Evan. That's me, also known as Evan. Uh, you think it's you, but it might not be. Oh, no. And today we have another very special guest. Today we have none other than Brian from Lohali. How are you doing today, my guy? I am doing fantastic, and as always, I have brought Murphy's Law with me to make this so much more exciting. Yeah, we've had our fair share of difficulties already, but we are ready to get into it. So why don't you start us off by telling us who in the heck you are and what you're doing here today? Well, I'm 5'6", hazel-eyed. I enjoy long walks on the beach, but that's not why I'm here today. Today, I'm here to hang out with one of my best buds in Brandon, Spooky, and Uh one of my new compatriots and amigos in Evan to talk about anime, manga, apparently sports at probably some point. I don't know. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm coming in fully blind because I want you guys to see the authentic, the real, short Lohali. That might have been the most excited uh, guest introduction we've ever had. Yeah, for a fact, but I hate to take that excitement down to like, you know, bottom of the barrel levels here, but you think we're going to be talking about all these interesting things, and yet we're going to talk about the philosophy of the hot dog sandwich today. So that's the. Uh, I hope podcast. not. Uh, how how is that not interesting? Like that's the most important <laughs> discussion to mankind. Oh well, no, that's like what you were expecting. Yeah, point. that's so true. If, you know, if if the hot dog is a sandwich, does that make the taco a sandwich? Because a taco and a hot dog are fundamentally the same shape. Well, they're the same shape, but one of them is not made with bread. That's uh, true. It's made, out of, it's made out of flour. And if they're both made out of flour, they both have the same base component. Well, gluten kills people. Well, so we're going we're gonna to move on from that conversation. Yeah, speaking of killing people, hey, Brian, can you tell me how you met Spooky? Like, how was your first interaction with him? So my first interaction with Spooky was actually me reaching out to him almost a year ago. Like, this is this is spookily close to a year ago. Ooh, indeed. Uh, it's the anniversary. It it, and I didn't get you anything. I'm so sorry. Oh, man, I'm blushing now. <laughs> um, I reached out to him to be a guest on my own podcast, The Manga Club. And and it was just a like spur of the moment. You know, he might, re- he might respond back and say, I don't have time. Because to me, at that moment, Spooky was a larger-than-life creator. He was a gigantic... Uh, unknown in the system for me and Brandon <laughs> responded back with oh yeah I'd love to and I was like oh oh that it was that easy it was it was that easy yeah oh, well okay then you'd be surprised how uh, a lot of people all you got to do is ask most of the time and a simple no is also you know very common for a lot of people but I think that was like right before I was about to move too so your your uh podcast was like my last little uh, uh project before getting into moving mode at that well time. no that's that's not true it's not you, true. You moved. Uh, we scheduled the call for after your move. Did we? Because you were going to do video, but you lost your webcam. No, I actually knew this. He packed, either... his, he packed it away. Oh, I was in the middle of my move. I was in the middle of my move. You were in the middle of your... I was, I was the project in the middle of the move yeah. because you had packed your webcam away. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you were like, you're like, sorry, I was, planning on doing, I was planning on doing video, but I don't know where my webcam's at in here. Yeah, it was in a box somewhere. <laughs> and oh, now we're doing audio only. I, as always, as this stream has proved, we roll with the punches. We continued on. And from that moment, 
Uh, Spooky's been helping me uh, grow as both a person and a creator, and he's been just genuinely a an amazing friend. Like I I gush and gush about him enough that <laughs> people think that we're probably married, um, but genuinely Spooky is one of the greatest creators I have gotten to meet on just any platform. You're making me blush. You're too kind. Well, I can say the same has come from my end of the spectrum as well. It's a pleasure to know you, my guy. I'm happy to have it, you here today. And I'm excited to be on because, you know, I I would do anything to make sure that you're taken care of, Spooky. Oh. I'm about to cry. That's awesome. I would, I would even drive to where you are located and give you a back massage if you needed it. I mean, <laughs> hopefully well, you don't I mean, need it, but I will. Well, yeah, even you if you don't, don't need you it. You don't know that I don't need it is the thing. <laughs> So, Great. Uh, I'm hopping uh, to my car. I'm hopping to my car as we speak. I'll uh, make it there by the end of the stream. Perfect. Uh, okay. All right. So, on that topic, I guess uh, in terms of how I ended up coming across you, because I think from what I remember you telling me in the past, it was because I either subscribed to you or followed you on Twitter. I don't remember which one it was, but basically how I came across your channel is because your channel is kind of what you guys call the manga tube, right? I mean, Correct. I like to call you guys manga collection tube myself, but you know, to each their own. But uh, I was watching like a lot of manga collection stuff at the time, and since you had also not only done one of those, but your entire channel kind of at that time at least kind of focused around the manga collecting aspect. I, that's how I came across you, and I came across a lot of different creators through this way. Found this little niche that a lot of people didn't really know about, or uh, maybe they did, but I've never, you know, this was my first introduction to it. So you're definitely one of the first people I ended up like coming across in that genre as well. And I guess it just all went from there and here we are today. And the rest is yeah, you, Steve. It was it was yeah, I saw that you subscribed and I was like, This is my chance, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's so serendipitous. Like Indeed. that's that's how that's how life works, right? Uh -huh. Every every moment that you have is a chance to grow, change, and make the best future possible. And now I sound like a shonen protagonist, <laughs> which is super annoying because I am the shonen trash. <laughs> Perfect. So I guess in uh, on moving on from that aspect, so you introduced us to not only your eye color, but also your height. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the Loha Lee channel and what's Absolutely. all been going on? Yeah, like how you got started, like your entire journey through it and where you're at today. Maybe some future plans. Just give us the entire rundown i also specifically want to know about the bandana oh yeah so, i need that origin story please let's 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 peel back the curtain start from the very beginning yes and go down this journey together uh that sounded a lot more seductive than i was planning on it but <laughs> trust me um so let's start with the name and the head wrap because they are intertwined together almost implicitly so as it's very obvious, I have a head of lettuce, a long hair lifestyle. Um, and I'm very, very proud of that fact. But when I first started growing my hair out, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was Googling with my little tiny fingers that used to play piano. I was just Googling, Googling, Googling uh, how to take care of hair for guys. And I came across a website called The Long Hairs. US, and it was it, it's an amazing company uh, they donate a dollar from every purchase to children with hair loss wow which okay. is it's honestly I love I love them I love their message uh, and I've gotten to go uh, on my honeymoon actually 
my wife let uh, we went to San Diego and the company's based out of there and I got to hang out with one of the create like the one of the owners of the company one of the creators and owners and just chill with him so it's a, it's a great That's community awesome. but that ties into I've always wanted to support them and support long hair um, so when I made my channel Lohali, which stands for long haired lifter, the first two letters from each of those, okay. I wanted to incorporate oh. something that one made me look unique, uh, uh -huh. which was the head wraps because they have, you know, 20 different head wraps and two, I wanted to draw attention and have people ask me about why are you wearing that? Where does it come from? And so I could, I could talk about the community. I could support other dudes, dudettes, anyone who's trying to grow their hair long, like show them support because we live in a society today that, you know, we say we don't, you know, we say that we're not supposed to judge on looks, but we still force little boys to get haircuts when they go to public schools in certain states, which is ridiculous to me. So I guess uh, to pause real quick right there, I actually have one question that kind of ties into it. So I'm just going to ask it real quick, if you don't mind. Please do. Uh, being a, you know, fellow somewhat Midwesterner slash just, you know, we live in not to dox each other, but we live in some very uh, interesting areas of the United States. But um, I'd say one of the most common things I've noticed throughout my lifetime, because I'm also a somewhat long-haired boy myself. Yeah, you are. Yes, Definitely. you are. <laughs> so for some reason, I've just noticed it with like literally every demographic of people. There, For some reason, at, like I don't know why people care so much, but the biggest phrase I hear throughout my life is, you need a haircut. Do you ever get that? <laughs> I have gotten that. <laughs> I, I've gotten it to the point where uh, when I was originally growing out my hair, uh, I'm part of a, I was part of a powerlifting team. Power, I'm still part of the community, uh -huh. um, but we had a very specific team. And the team's joke at that time was, uh, Brian, you need a haircut. <laughs> Brian, you need to take better care of your hair. And again, at that point, I didn't know how to take care of my hair. And so I've heard that so often. And my mom consistently, until I reached the like three year point, my mom was like, you need a haircut. You should, have you thought about cutting your hair, Brian? You need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to check that I'm not the only one. Cause, no, you know, that is that is a completely Midwest thing. And as we all know, I never hide anything from anybody. I've, I've doxed myself more than enough times. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's happened from like almost any family member I can think of, um, just random people on the street. Uh, fellow classmates, like it's just everybody. I think everyone I've told just you that, hates. Probably, yeah. Like everyone just hates long hair. Like even good old Zesty James the other day, we, uh, Mr. Zesty Luke over here had a a birthday event. So it was like one of the few things we've done in quarantine. So while we were walking into the the like the restaurant, James is like, "You're gonna cut your hair." Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, <Cool>. James! <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't seen what you for you so care? long. He says, "Hey, you get a haircut." <laughs> Why do you care? Well, anyways, so, so please continue. Back to the lore, Hully of Lohali. Oh, oh, that was clever. Uh, that I was, know. I get whoa. one. A, I get one an episode. Uh, I might, you know, I might actually have to end up stealing that because that was that was good. You that can, was you can have good. it. I don't, I don't, I don't know that you want it, but you can have it. Well, no, you know what? That's that's this is this is this will give you a little bit more insight to yeah. how I function. Yes. You know that would make a great like if you wanted to do if I wanted to do a you know, lore series based on just different series, power levels, history, things like that. Yeah. You know, it's called it, you know, you call it lore Hali. That rolls off the tongue and it fits right it into does. the branding. It, again, it's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Once I make millions of dollars off of this idea, I will make sure to give you your cut. Oh, thanks. Uh, we exactly have it. We have cents. it on stream. 
Uh, don't. We don't. We'll get it in paper. Oh. Okay. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's, let's go back to the channel and and your journey and how you've changed. Absolutely. So you said that you have notes, but there's one thing that a lot of people don't know is that I actually had a mildly super unsuccessful YouTube channel before. Ooh. Uh, back when I, f right before I moved to my current location, I'm not, is it doxing myself if I say Kansas City? Because that's doxing myself, I guess. Whatever, I don't care. We have good <laughs> well, food. If you, I mean, we are live, so. <laughs> I, I don't care. I've said it more than enough times. I challenge people. It's fun. Now, is this the good um, or bad Kansas City? Uh, it depends on where you're based out of, but let's be <laughs> honest here. There's only one good Kansas City, and everyone gets it wrong all the Absolutely. time unless you're from the Midwest. Uh-huh. Yeah, so if you know, you know. I, it's, it's the bad one. It's the bad one. <laughs> it's okay, <Yeah>. great. <laughs> F, F in the chat for... Kansas City. F in the chat, yeah, Kansas. Whichever, whichever one you think it is, you're probably one's bad. right. Uh, before I moved here, where I'm currently at in the bad city of KC... <laughs> I ran. I I had my own uh, fitness YouTube channel, like uh -huh. right before fitness YouTube channels exploded, and I was making videos that were completely unsuccessful with a a Canon Power Shot. So it only had an internal mic. It didn't have an external mic port. Uh -huh. Mic port. It didn't have autofocus. It didn't have anything, and I was still making videos with it because I enjoyed it. And then it reached a point where I didn't have internet in my apartment for like a month and a half and I was just starting a new job and I had to, I just, I, I kind of lost track of it and I, you know, I was moving, I was turning 21 and it was, it was a thing that I just kind of stopped doing. And then after a while I tried to start up another channel based around Harry Potter and then I realized that that wasn't going to be successful because, <laughs> you know, there's so many Harry Potter based <laughs> channels out there. Uh, and then eventually... I met my current wife and she started, you know, she encouraged me to collect manga because she knew it was something that I was passionate about and wanting to do. And so I started buying manga and I looked into the community a little bit, found people were making videos about collections. And I said to myself, you know what, I could probably do something similar. So I started making videos. Um, and the rest is, as they would say, history. And still being written to this day. Exactly. I mean... The amazing thing about YouTube is, and, and the community, and we'll call it the, the manga collector community for, for Spooky's sake, so he can claim <laughs> hey. that he made up the name. Uh-huh, he needs uh, that. He needs that. He, I, I <laughs> need that. I need him to need that. Like, <laughs> but it, it's it's been such a great community. You know, every single community has its own drama, its own ups and downs. Um, but thankfully, we're able to kind of remove ourselves from that and create little subcultures within our own culture and really support one another. It's, it's a great community to be a part of. And I'm glad that that's where I started to grow and change. Um, you know, I did manga halls, manga collections, and it reached a point mm -hmm. where they weren't entertaining for me. And if I'm making something and it's not keeping me happy, it's not keeping me engaged. I don't want to make it just because I know it's going to be successful. And it was at that point where I was like, hey, I know I'm going to be good on this. I know if I make this video, roughly how many views I'm going to get. I had it down to a science, and I, I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. And then pairing that with you know, getting married, pairing that with just a whole bunch of other decisions really made me take a step back and take a break from YouTube for about three to four months. And I came back and had to start you know, from the bottom, which people don't understand is – 
when you're when you have a channel that's even not even we won't even call it successful we'll just call it a channel when you have a channel and you take a break sometimes your analytics take a hit and it's going to take a while for you to build that momentum back up and to come forward and really get back to that steam that momentum that you had before and sure. so i had to come back get used to having my nose on that grindstone yeah and a few months ago actually i think two months ago i finally passed 1000 subscribers which was that's a massive awesome. goal of mine. I'm, I'm, thank That's you. I'm, incredible. I'm excited. Congratulations. For it. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is, this is where people start to question my sanity, uh, because I was as, as exciting as it was, like I had a split second of great, this is awesome. But, and then in my mind, something else switched and it was like, okay, it's time for the next step. It's time to take uh -huh. it to the next level because for me, um, and for a lot of creators out there, uh, you know, if you want to make this a career, you can't be satisfied with the level that you're at you always have to be willing to change to grow to adapt and a thousand subs is that first step it's that first okay i've proven to myself that you know once i get once i get the watch hours or once i get x y and z this is a sustain this is a way to make money not necessarily a sustainable career mm -hmm. to make this a sustainable career to make this a sustainable living i need to do something else i need to be something else <laughs> okay now, what was that from that's from arrow i believe Oh, that, that was from Arrow. Okay, that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> absolutely. I love that mindset of yours. I think that fits so well, and it really definitely speaks to the, the fitness junkie in me of, like, constant improvement. It's, um, and so, I mean, you mentioned fitness, and like I said, I, mm -hmm. I did run a YouTube fitness channel, so people are like, oh, you've always been in shape. You've always been X, Y, Z. You don't know the struggle of how hard it is to do things. I was like, listen, I used to be 240 40 pounds at five foot six. Mm-hmm. Like I was a butterball, uh -huh. and it it I was like I know the struggle. I lost a hundred. I went from two forty to one forty in a little over a year. Ooh, that's that's really impressive. That it, takes a lot was, of discipline. It does. It it does. And so when people say you don't understand how hard something is, I'm like, oh no 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 no. <laughs> I understand. I understand. It's it's well, and something that for me, this is everything that I always say, unless I make sure that I make clear that it's a fact. Most things that I say are an opinion because, you know, we all have our own perceptions on reality and I don't want to change somebody's perception forcefully. I just want to interject what mine currently is and make sure, sure that people understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. um, to me, willpower is something that you can be born with, but it's also a skill, it's a trait, it's a muscle. Mm -hmm. When somebody says, oh, it's too hard, I can't do it, I, I just, I don't have the energy to do it anymore. I was like, well, there are people out there working you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week to, you know, sustain their family, to sustain their living. And they're coming and going either to the gym or they're working on their side projects their side hustles. Uh -huh. And it's not so much a thing of, you know, it, it's the choices that you make really define you as a person and as a creator. And I want my legacy eventually to be, you know, I didn't leave any stone unturned. I was always doing my best to be the best creator that I could be and creating the best content the community that's awesome you got me ready to run through a wall after that <laughs> I'm ready to change my whole life yeah so, walls walls are hard i wouldn't recommend I mean, running through one yeah but i can get through it after that motivational speech oh <laughs> no matter how thick them layers are so this is a question kind of for both of you it, it's geared towards you brian but i want brandon to touch on it too so uh -huh. you talked a little bit about how your wife encouraged you to start collecting manga but i have in my notes that your father said, whoever has the most toys wins. 
So I need to know the true story of how you got started manga collecting. And I want to know, like, what inspires that? What's the, the drive for it? And then, Brandon, I want to know a little bit about your collecting history. Okay. All right. Ooh, ooh, you, interesting. You can begin, Mr. Brian. So I was at, I did karate when I was younger. Okay. I was, as a kid, I was always very, very active. I did karate, um, and it was actually, actually Seishin Kan karate from Okinawa, Japan. Uh, and we used to have Kaicho Takeshi Kinjo fly over from Japan, teach us all, you know, the really cool katas Jeez. and all that stuff. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it was a great time. It was a great learning experience. Yeah. But I had a buddy who was like, hey, man, you like, uh, you like karate? And he was in karate class with me. I was like, obviously. You know, I'm, I'm five at the time. I'm five, six. He's like, I got something to show you. And he pulls out, he just pulls out some manga. And I'm like, what the hell is this magic? And I was like, this is absolutely amazing. And I fell in love with manga right then and there. Um, and then, you know, when we would go to the bookstores, when we would go to Half Price Books, not Half Price Books, Barnes & Noble. Uh, so whenever we'd, whenever we'd go, I'd, I'd walk in and I'd start reading manga. But, like, the biggest memories that I have as a kid of reading manga was going to the library, picking out the OG Dragon Ball series. Like, yes. Um, and I'm not talking like the red, cause there's, there's two different Dragon Ball series. Well, there's more than that, but you have your red spine and you have your white spine, the cream spine and the cream spine is how I started reading Dragon Ball. And I remember going, reading that they also had Pokemon in the kid section. Uh-huh. And I'll be honest with you. Pokemon should not have been in the kid section. Yeah. Pokemon, Pokemon manga is crazy. Kind of yeah. yeah. Dude, the Pokemon <laughs> The, the first, within the first, like, two books, you see Pokemon get cut in half. Yep. <laughs> like, s- straight up. There's, I, it, it ruined me. Um, but then there's another aspect of, I have um, some, re- I'm not going to call them reading disabilities. I call them reading disadvantages, where the way that my mind functions, it's hard for me to read small print. My mind skips over the page. Uh, it's undiagnosed anything. It's just how I work. I will say that my dad was diagnosed with dyslexia, and usually it passes from, you know, it's a male trait. Okay. Uh, at least it historically has been. I'm not going to say that's what I have, since I've not been diagnosed, but a lot of the things that happen are very similar. So for me, reading was always, I loved it, but I could only stick with kids' books. And when I was reading manga, it was easy, it was good, it was consumable, because I could never read American comics. Like I've never read, I can't read American comics. My, the way that my brain functions, it's too much going on and I cannot focus. I can't read it and I can't enjoy the medium, but removing the color and having the really big, easy to read words made it an enjoyable art form for me. So that's, that's kind of how I got started okay. into collecting. And my dad, um, you know, I was, collect- I also, I have mm, the first 10 to 15 manga that I've ever collected and I will always have those and they were the monthly shonen jumps uh-huh. um, and while my I joke and say that my dad always said he who has the most toys at the end wins mm-hmm. I, ironically enough he didn't like me collecting manga because and this is a generational thing and I it, I hold nothing against him in his memory uh, you know rest his soul uh-huh. uh, but he he didn't understand that an adult uh, a tw- you know a 15, 16, 17-year-old male could collect comics and be normal. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted me, he wanted me, he wanted me to be successful and in his mind and the way that they were raised back then, you know, comics weren't what you got to be successful. 
Yeah. They were kind of something that were, you know, you were a nerd, you weren't able to access the best parts of your life. And so in his mind, and I understand this, doesn't mean I, I agree with it, but from his point of view, he was trying to prepare me for the real world. Yeah. And I, I, I love him and I thank him for trying to do what he thought was best, even if it wasn't, you know, what was what was right. He was doing what he thought was best and what he was trying to do was raise me to be a better person. And so I actually ended up getting rid of a lot of my monthly Shonen Jump. He didn't make me get rid of any of the smaller volumes, but he made me get rid of the monthly Shonen Jumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then I kind of had to restart my collection over. And some of the first series that I purchased were Case Closed. Um, the first actual Takuban that I got was from my cousin Thomas. It was the Shonen Jump Tester Takuban with like four manga in it. And it was like volume two or three. And I had that sitting on my shelves. It was a yellow spine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was man. I'm I'm talkative. <laughs> no, that's great. We that's I love hearing you talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess on on my side of the spectrum, when it comes to just like how I got into manga collecting and all that, basically, I'd say like it first started with the monthly Shonen Jumps back when those were coming out because I got really into Naruto in particular when it was like first airing on Toonami back in the day. Like yeah. that's how my love for anime started. Like I guess before that, it was technically Yu Gi Oh, but like. I didn't really know that was anime at the time, so, you know, that's just how it be. But anyways, it started with the monthly Shonen Jumps for a while. I got, like, a, subscri- a subscription to it. I was like, Mom, this is what I want for Christmas. I don't care if I don't get anything else. Like, I want this subscription. <laughs> and, like, she's like, all right, fine, whatever. Like, just shut up. So then I got those for a while. Um, I know the first volume I ever got was Naruto Volume 1, which I still have it. But I don't, it's kind of weird for me because, like, I have like some sort of like uh like some different conflicting emotions about collecting in general because I have a very like hoarder mentality. Like I'm the kind of guy who's like, you know, you know that drawer of just cords that you're never going to use again? Uh-huh. You mean the Midwest drawer? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like, you know, what if you need one of those cords? Like when I was younger, like, you know, whenever my parents would be like, okay, you're not using these toys anymore. We should get rid of them. It's like, well, I don't want to get rid of them. Like, why are you making me get rid of these? And it's like a lot of things that I had to get rid of back then. It's like, you know, I wish I would have had that now, but it was, you know, out of my hands. So unless I know for certain, like, I'm not going to want something anymore or like, I just know I will never use it and I can do that 100% certain. It's like, I probably just keep most things, right? So when it comes to manga in particular, like I'm definitely the kind of person who finds like value and um, enjoyment through like having things you could say rather than like the 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 very the lifestyle where you basically don't have a lot of stuff right? minimalist minimalist, minimalist. Yeah. minimalist there you go mm-hmm. I, I just thought of it as you said it but um <laughs> so i i definitely do not you know have that lifestyle so when it comes to manga obviously like i've gotten really in depth about it like like my job centers around it now i find like so much enjoyment through being able to like read stories and watch anime and all that jazz So I've gotten into this weird place where like, I really want to collect series that like mean a lot to me, like, like my favorites basically. But I also want to have a mixture of things that are just really hard to find because like the things that, um, not a lot of people have also interest me because it's like, oh, you have something that, you know, there's not very many of these or they're really hard to find or they're really expensive. So it's like, you know, even if there comes a point where like, you know, I don't really want this anymore. I don't like it. There's still like a big value that you can get back from it. Like, I can't tell you the amount of hours I've spent, like, learning what type of manga is worth a lot of money versus, like, what I would be interested in and, like, knowing, like, what the general prices are. It's, like, you know, save those searches on eBay and every so often, like, somebody's not going to know what it's worth and they're going to put it up and you're going to be like, bro, I just made money. The other day, 
I went to a like used like store for like video games and they have like some manga and anime there as well. I, you, we've, I've been there with you, Evan. So I think yeah, you know what I'm talking I about, do. but I went there and they had a bunch of Shaman King volumes. And oh, like, wow. Only a couple days before I realized that, um, some Shaman King value, like I heard from somebody, Oh, these volumes of Shaman King are worth a lot of freaking money. So like, I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I should just see what volumes they have. And like, just kind of check on like, you know, eBay and Amazon real quick. So I paid $40 for probably about like 10 volumes or so. One of those volumes price. by itself is worth $80. Jeez. So like I just doubled <laughs> with one of those. And a couple of them are also like around the same. So it's like, wow, I, I just made That's money. Just quite an that investment. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. So it's like, even if I, if, like when I read Shaman King, if I hate it, like I can just resell it and I've profited. So like, it's a win-win situation. Like yeah. if I like well, it, I have something that's harder to get. If I don't like it, I just made money. I, I need to back up. Have you never read Shaman King? No, I haven't gotten to it yet. What? Like my list of uh, need to watch <laughs> slash need to read is huge. It's huge. Like it's abysmal. Like it's depressing. Like <laughs> enormous. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like then there's it. even like some manga that I've bought that like I haven't even got to re- read yet. And I know like for a lot of manga collectors, that's kind of a sin. It's like, why do you keep buying things if you're not going to read it? But it's like, bro, I want to read it and I'm going to. It's not like I'm just never going to read it. That would be, uh, if anything, it's more like an incentive for me to read it because I'm looking at it. If I just look up, I'm like, oh, I haven't read that yet. I need to get to that. So like a a series that Evan and I both read recently, Gantz, Uh that's like a notoriously expensive manga. Like that, a full set can sell for like $2,000 to $3,000. Like that's how expensive it is. It's nuts. And so I started collecting that slowly just by looking at deals and stuff. I know I'm kind of just rambling at this point, but okay. basically, basically when it comes to collecting manga, I just really like to have series that I enjoy, um, series that I feel like are worth something or I know are worth something. And I just try to like expand from there. Cause like, I want to be able to like, just walk and be like, man, I am proud of this collection. Cause you know, I have a very collector mentality, yeah. but it, it's tough. It's definitely like a learning curve. If you want to try to go for out of print stuff. I would say, like, I'm sure you um, will have some input on this well, Brian, but, like, when it comes to out-of-print stuff, you really need to know, like, the value of things versus, like, you know, what it generally goes for, what is too much, what is, like, a, a like a spanking deal, right? So, oh, absolutely. On the topic spanking of Gantz, deal. like, <laughs> I, I had a couple volumes before I started reading it, but now that I've read it, I'm like, okay, this is definitely something that I, I'd want to collect because I really liked it, even though it's not perfect, just uh, as a little side story, like on eBay, like two weeks ago, there was like a deal for some of the volumes that are like stupid out of print for like a good price. I'm like, oh, I have to get this. Bought it immediately. And then the dude cancels it the next day. Oh, like, no. What yeah, the fuck? you told Why me about that. that? <laughs> he's like, um, he's like, oh, well, some of the volumes are like probably in my attic or something. I don't know where they're at. So I just wanted to cancel it. I'm like, are you kidding me? So coming <laughs> back to that today. That man puts the fucking thing back up for like $50 more. So oh. Like, so I bought it again. And if this man cancels me again, I'm giving, like, I don't even care. I will give him a fucking negative review, bro. He just doesn't I like you. I will fight you. I will fight like him. I think what he's probably doing is just putting it up, seeing how much people will buy it for, and then like taking it down and just putting <laughs> it back up again, which for is really more scummy. And hoping that you'll, <laughs> that you are probably the only one watching it. Yeah. Well, no, there was like a, a lot of people are trying to collect Gantz because it's so out of print. Uh-huh. So like other people would definitely want it. So I, it was kind of one of those moments where like I had to jump the gun on it. Yeah. But uh, if he cancels <laughs> it again, 
He, this That's man's getting flooded with negative. Flooded. <laughs> flooded. You just, oh my God, that's, that's ugh. scummy. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm very proud of like where my collection is at at this point. I just want to get to where I'm reading more, more or less. That way, mm-hmm. uh, there's I don't have so much that I'm like, oh well, I can't believe I haven't read so many of these yet. And see, for me, I'm I'm trying to schlep off some of mine. Oh yeah, I've you got, just did a giant unhaul, didn't you? I yeah. did, uh, and I got to get that in the mail to the winner of my challenge it's been a crazy week at work oh that's crazy that's that's Um, such a cool thing i was in your stream when you were talking about that a little bit i thought that was just so so special i one quote that stood out to me this is from when you announced it i think was each each manga is special but even if it's not it doesn't mean something to me it will mean something to someone else yeah and that's and that's that's how manga is like everyone has a story that's associated with a certain series even if it means nothing to me, somebody out there likes it. Somebody out there thinks that there's something positive to say. I mean, mm-hmm. there there's certain series that I just absolutely adore that are pure trash, like 100% dead-ass trash. Mm-hmm. And I know that it will mean nothing to a lot of people. But knowing that I have that ability to, you know, love it, collect it, read it, however I choose to consume it, you need to approach it with that kind of mentality. And like you said, Brandon... The which is by the way, this is weird. I've never actually called you Brandon on stream. I usually <laughs> just call you Spooky. I, you can call it, me whatever you want. I'll, I'll deal with it. I'm not going to call you late for supper. I promise. Deal uh, with that's, it. <laughs> that's that's the. I mean, like the, if you want to call me like Pipsqueak, I'll deal with it. Is what I'm trying to say. Again, but, I think you. I think we talked about this once. You're like a lot taller than I am, so I think I'm well, legally required no. <laughs> not to call you. I, I'm like two inches taller than you. Let's not that's a lot taller. Than you're than me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm five eight, tall. so I'm not like. Like I'm in the same boat, more or less. Like you know, we are short kings out here. We are we are the kings of we are we are the kings of Leon. Uh, off topic, sorry, off topic discussions. But like I was sitting at 600 plus volumes, and some of them I was collecting just to say that I could have that manga in my collection. Mm-hmm. And it was becoming a thing where I one I had more manga than half price books did. Like I'm not joking. Wow. I would go look at their shelves. I had more shelves than they did with more manga on each. Oh my shelf. god, that's awesome. <laughs> It was that's such a cool thing to be able to claim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like I walked in and I was like, I got that, I got that, I don't want that, I don't need that. <laughs> but there were also things that I'd see. And I was like, oh man, that would be so cool. Like I nearly ended up dropping a. F- My wife's asleep, so she won't kill me for this one. I nearly ended up dropping a few hundred bones just to say that I got uh, ultimate muscle. Oh yeah, that that's a notorious. I know you were telling me about that a long time ago because you said you had like one of the super out of print ones, but like I, I hadn't looked into Ultimate Muscle yet. Uh, I so I ended up selling it. I bought it for less than eighteen dollars, and I sold it for a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty. Yeah, like, what a flip! I'm definitely guilty of the. Uh, I just want to be able to say I have this. <laughs> oh, it's 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 that I'm. It's not it's not a I'm better than you mentality. It's I have something that somebody else doesn't have, and it makes you. It's it's gratification at its highest level. Like it's not instant gratification. You can continuously look at your collection and improve it, mm-hmm. and you can say, "Oh, I've gotten. I I have things that no one else, you know, very few people in the United States have." Mm-hmm. It's it's a great thing. Yeah, that's it's, that's, it's an addiction. That's so interesting. Yeah, there you me. go. Because <laughs> I'm definitely addiction. like a. I won't buy a book unless I'm going to read it, and I won't display it anywhere unless I have read it. Mm. that's like very much my mentality so like i have books that i haven't even started reading so i'm like too guilty to buy 
another book despite like wanting it or whatever. Like the exact opposite like of Brandon and I opposite. right now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, I'm gonna read this someday. I'll buy it. <laughs> there was no there was there was one series that I bought that I was like I so confession time. I bought I bought Rurone Kinchin twice. Oh, okay. Twice. Twice. And I've sold it both times after I read the first volume. <laughs> okay. All right. So what? You need to explain that, please. <laughs> I could. I'm very confused. Why did you buy it again and have the same situation happen? Because I, I was lying to myself. I was like, oh, I'll like it this time. I promise. <laughs> like my wife straight up asked me, are you actually going to read it this time? And I said, yes. Yes, I am. And I was wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. <laughs> like so awesome. It was I and and the the part of the problem was I love you know as a as Midwesterners we how how often do we brag about getting a good deal on something? Oh like, yep, absolutely. <laughs> our, oh, our city's <laughs> famous for that. Our city is oh. unbelievable. It's oh yeah, you see that truck over there? I got it for eighteen cents to my blue. My blue hound kicked out. I didn't realize that was ingrained into my like brain just from being oh, sure from is. here. Remember like, like the gas discounts? People would freaking line up around the block to get to a New York Dude, the best, the best one was like when you're bright, like, so when I'd go back home, I would brag about how cheap gas was in KC. Yes. Like, I was like, I was like, yeah, oh, gas up here is uh, 313. It's 299 down in KC, suckers. <laughs> Oh, that's absolutely a Midwestern thing. That's so funny. That is, like, you go anywhere else and they're like, what, what are you? Why are you talking what? about that? Like, get out of here. There's nothing cool about that. And you're like, no, 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 there is. So <laughs> I got a great deal on it the second time around. Oh, wonderful. I got the entire Roroni Kenshin series for under $2 a volume. Wow. Okay. Oh, my God. And then I ended up selling so, it for $85. <laughs> I mean, it was worth something to you, and it means something to someone else. So it was it was financially a smart decision. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the also the beauty of it for like a lot of stuff. It's like you know, if you can get a good deal on it, like if you don't like it or you don't want it anymore, like you can profit. It's a oh, it like was, I said, it's a win win. Uh huh. It was there was there was massive profiting going on. <laughs> so yeah, I bought Roroni Kinchin twice, sold it both times after I realized I was like, nah, fam, this series ain't for me. <laughs> It's so funny to me. It's and I mean, then there's some. Then there's something else like Harry Potter. I have. I used to have two volumes of Harry Potter. Two, two, like two uh, books. Two sets. Like two. Okay. Yeah, two sets. I had two full sets of Harry Potter because it's my. It's legitimately for all of her flaws as a as a person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I a lot. I didn't need to know mm -hmm. that wizards pooped in their pants. <laughs> like there are things that I didn't need to know about She's, universes yeah. that you didn't need to add. But those books meant so much to me growing Absolutely. up. Like, they were they are what got me into reading. Like, that was my very first. I went from Junie B. Jones and the Magic yep. Treehouse, and I skipped directly Absolutely. to Harry Potter book oh. one. <laughs> I literally have a question about Harry Potter written down. So you're you're transitioning for me. I I <laughs> see that's that's how that's how long that's how much, how many podcasts I've done. I know how to transition. You knew where where we were going. Go. <laughs> dude. Like Harry Potter was was my childhood like tom riddle says yes lord Voldemort uh was my past present and future harry potter was my past present and future like my big <laughs> memories were reading it on the um re reading it when i was six like uh -huh. i was Absolutely. walking out of my room and my mother goes what are you doing and i'm reading the harry potter book i'm like 
I'm reading Harry Potter. And my mother goes, oh, are you really? And you know that Midwest mom of like, she's doubting what you're doing. Not yep, because, <laughs> not because, not because you like, she, it's not possible for a six-year-old to read. It's because she thinks that you're not that bright because you are a Midwestern child. Yeah, it's like, and mm. she's like, she's like, oh, are you really reading Harry Potter? You're Brian? just looking at the pages, right? Where are the <laughs> pictures at? The pictures are she, hidden and, in there somewhere. And she like she they read it to me as a kid. Like they read uh-huh. it to me when I was a small child. Like that was our family pastime was reading it. Yep. And so she's like, okay, he memorized some of the pages. Like <laughs> this kid is bullshitting uh-huh. me right now. Oh, that's and I awesome. straight up. She was like, she was like, okay points at a page and I just read it and she was like huh all right then <laughs> did you ever go to any of the like the launch parties for the like more recent book not recent but like the latter uh, books yeah yeah uh, I went in I went in robe with fake glasses absolutely. and a wand oh ditto Please. brother <laughs> ditto brother Please. absolutely like <laughs> Harry Potter when I say that Harry Potter was my jam Oh, God, how old was I when the six book, six and seven book came out? That would have been like, middle school. Yeah, yep. That's where I Because I'm 26. Was. That would have been middle school, right? Yep. Um, I remember hitting on girls while dressed as a Harry Potter nerd, and it worked. What? <laughs> I mean, like, it is such I, like a I, gender universal series. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was, I was doing, like, we were sitting there in the, the launch parties for people who didn't get to, like, this was something so unique. Like, the launch parties for Harry Potter, it was, like, a five, six-hour event. You'd get there, like, six, seven o'clock at night, and you'd just wait until Barnes & Noble opened, like, said, all right, first book's ready to go, and you were waiting in line the whole time. Yep. I was doing palm readings on a girl, and boy, <laughs> from everything, and obviously, in my mind, this is completely skewed. I am probably wrong on this, but she was totally into this palm yeah, reading. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, she was like, he likes Harry Potter. And he can read palms. <laughs> be still my, be still my gothic heart. I think it also helps that like Harry Potter was also like coming out, um, you know, as we were growing up too. So it's very like ingrained in um, our millennial culture, you could say. It's because like uh, I just remember like specifically, um, I started with like the first couple movies, and that's when I transitioned to the books after the fact because like I was so into it as a child, like in elementary school, and like all right. I've seen the movies and they're great. I want to keep reading. So I would, I started from the beginning and read the rest. Like I remember specifically um, like in kindergarten playing Harry Potter junk at recess with people. Yeah. So it's like, absolutely. It's, it's whether it be the books or the films, I feel like it's just touched so many people at this point. So the the craziness, Oh yeah. The craziness behind it is just um, like with Harry Potter, with the way that I grew up with it, um, not when I when I would have when I and this is I've doxed myself enough to, like I've literally doxed myself on my channel so many times that it's stupid I'm surprised I haven't given out my social security number yet <laughs> um but uh people can't meet on my birthday right like it's it's not a thing to be able to get together as a kid on my birthday um just just never was able to happen so when the Harry Potter movies were coming out we would do Harry Potter movie parties for me instead. Um, I mean, this is you know a few months before my birthday is actually supposed to happen, sure. but we'd go and watch Harry Potter in the theaters with all my friends. And I remember specifically oh, one sweet. time, oh dude, it was it was baller. That's like awesome. I felt so cool. Yeah, no uh, I do feel really bad because one of my friends has a instead of a lightning bolt shaped scar in his head, uh, he has he had a scar on his hand because we were going 
to the movie and bless my dad. My dad loved Harry Potter, like loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, my friend got his hand slammed. I'm not like, when I say slammed, I mean Uh. emergency room slammed in a sliding, uh, uh, sliding, not the Astro. It was the GMC Safari van door. Okay. Okay. Like, (laughs) and he had to go to the emergency room. (laughs) So like he's sitting there crying and my dad's like, he looks and he goes, like, I can just think, picture my dad. He wasn't, he was like, God, fucking damn it. I need to miss the start of the movie for this shit. He made it to and from the ER in time to make it to the seat so both him and the kid were there watching the movie as it started. Oh my god, that's such a cool story. <laughs> that's so I'm like, awesome. I'm sitting there, I was like, my friend got injured on my birthday party. And still and, made it. And still made it to the Harry Potter, like, movie. And that was like my dad and I's tradition. We'd go and watch the Harry Potter movies. We went to go see a Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Oh, that's... Uh, which... It's a travesty because uh-huh. that was a shitty, <laughs> shitty. I was like, I was like, this is. I was like, we've ruined my childhood. Thanks. <laughs> yep. This is. Oh. I was like, I, I was like, oh, now I get why people say that their childhoods have been ruined for, through bad movies. You almost did it, J.K. Yep. <laughs> See, I didn't really like hate hate the first one, but the second one is awful. Like, I'm gonna straight up say I didn't it's watch awful. the second one. I, I refused. It's I, garbage. <laughs> like, I have a Harry Potter tattoo. I'm going to buy, I'm, I'm convincing my wife, like, this isn't even a joke. I'm 100% trying to trick my wife into buying me the the uh, art books. The, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know like, what, yeah, I'm trying, yep. to, I'm trying to trick her into like buying the picture those. Books. Yeah, the picture books for my uh-huh. birthday. Yep. Because um, I want those, because they look cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, when I saw the first Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, like, the first thought in my mind was, this is terrible. <laughs> and then I ended up buying, I have not read it, I don't plan on reading it, I just bought it because I, as a collector of Harry Potter and as a lover of Harry Potter, I needed to. I bought uh, oh, The Cursed Child. The, yeah, the I will, play. Yeah, I will never, I, I have sworn to myself, I will never, I haven't opened the book. I bought it and I did not open it when I bought it, I did uh-huh. not plan on opening it. I just wanted to buy it so I could say I do collect Harry Potter, I love Harry Potter, and I will support the series. Now, looking back, that's the wrong decision. I should have bought it used instead of brand new because, again, money going to people's pockets. Uh Um, But, yeah, straight up, I don't get how you can ruin your lore that bad. (laughs) Yeah, she was reconning a lot of stuff, retconning a lot of things. There were some things that I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, I don't know why we need to know this, but that's not a... Whatever, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Dumbledore being gay, not that big of a thing. I was like, cool, I didn't know that Dumbledore was a sexual being, but... But, (laughs) well, I mean... Again, you don't get gray hair like that for nothing. I, I straight up didn't understand. Like, I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I, somebody was like, oh, Dumbledore's gay. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Dumbledore is attracted to people? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's such like, like an I, amorphous being throughout yeah, the series. Like, he, he's, he's like death, forever present, uh-huh. ironically enough. And if you go thematically, well. <laughs> there's a whole other discussion that you can go with there. But um, yeah, I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. And then when she did the uh, poop gate, I was like, okay, I'm done. Something. I was like, we are we are done here. You're just adding things that don't no need to reason. be added. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, like, it, it's, it was brutal. Like, I, I sat there and I contemplated life. And I contemplated, I was like, man, where do I draw the line on what creators? And, you know, that brings up a, an interesting discussion. Like, how much does a creator, after a series is over, 
have free reign to add lore to their world and what counts as adding lore like it, it's created such an interesting discussion like mm-hmm. like what what counts as being ex- an acceptable amount of lore to add versus oh it doesn't count like as a you know we always say that at least you know i'm in the habit of saying fans unless a theory is confirmed by a creator a fan theory doesn't count facts yeah i can see but, that it, because to me, if the, if the creator hasn't confirmed it, it, we can't prove whether or not it's true or false. It's, it's an unknowable. Sure. So I, then when the creator adds something that the fans are like, that doesn't make sense within your world, you're changing the laws of your world. You're changing what we fundamentally understand about your world. Like, where do we draw the line in saying, well, no, the only thing that actually counts as canon is X or Y? So, it's such a weird discussion. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I studied English literature in college, and the one thing that always, like, stands out to me is the interpretive triangle. So to, like, fully understand a text, a given text, movie, whatever, you have to take the author's, like, intentions, you have to mm-hmm. take what the reader gets of it, and you have to take the actual words in the book. So, yeah. like, applying that to this, the example that comes to my mind is uh, A Modest Proposal, which is a satire about eating um, the poor people to mm-hmm. solve, like, world hunger and whatnot. And when Jonathan Swift published this, people took it literally and were, like, very upset and disgusted that he would suggest eating people. So he had to write an addendum to say, no, 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 no. this is a, um, a satire, this is a joke. I do not actually mean eat people. And so... You're like, no, 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 dum-dums. Yeah, no, 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 don't be stupid. Knock it off. I'm, I'm criticizing you guys being stupid, and you're being stupid about it. And so, like, to me, that... They can, I think authors can clarify to things. I think there's a certain extent of, like, why? And then you, the reader can choose, like, that can be in their interpretation. Is like, do I think she really intended to make wizards poop their pants, or do I want to just take the words in the text that are given? Yeah, and like, and with the invention of social media, it changes how authors approach their works. Absolutely. Before, you have to get it through a publisher instead of being able to literally create, create a quick text, mm-hmm. you know, that you just control you know control enter and suddenly your characters are doing something crazy that they normally wouldn't do in universe absolutely did you think that we'd have this deep of a philosophical discussion today no i'm glad we are though <laughs> well it's, now that we're getting philosophical i think it's back to the hot dog, hot dog. well instead of doing <laughs> so, that oh okay i wanted to talk a little bit well okay first you said you wanted a harry potter channel and so or yes. you had one did you have one or did you want one uh, I filmed videos for a channel that I never published. Okay. All right. So I want to, there's a couple branches I want to go from this. First, Perfect. did you know there is a, a YouTube like rabbit hole of people who like perform and cosplay as cats from the musical slash film cats? <sighs> oh God, no. Because there is, it exists out there. I stumbled I... into that after watching the movie. Oh, oh sounds... I'm really glad you did. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Great. Great time. Uh, yeah, Brandon watched the movie with me. Yeah. Why? Brandon, it was really why did fun. you do that? Uh, I really didn't want to go. I think there was another movie out at the time that I was like, can we please see this instead? But they wouldn't. It was I forget what movie it was. It was something dumb. That it was people probably actually, really good. People actually dumber, didn't want to see. Dumb, dumber than Cats. What? Okay, but Cats was like bad good. It was no, like bad good. They, they, there's a cut where they show the cat's buttholes. Okay, why didn't they release that cut? Now we're asking the real mm-hmm. questions. Instead of the Snyder cut, give me the butthole cat cut, please. 
I would actually love to see. The, I, I'm, I'm excited for the Schneider cut, <laughs> by the way. Oh, it was Star Wars. I was like, can we just please see Star oh, Wars? Oh, and then our friend, our friend Old One Tooth already saw that, I think. Either somebody like One Tooth had already seen it, or somebody else like, well, I didn't see the last one. So oh, that was that was Zesty Luke, I think. Yeah, that's what I think, so I was mad. Yep, and I then so you got outnumbered. <laughs> And it was for yeah. it was for old one tooth because he lives our friend lives out of town and he was coming back in, and yeah I mean it's it's the normal Midwest gathering of the uh, go gathering to the of the friends local theater yeah needless to say he was pissed but <laughs> and so <laughs> and so to to bring it all back home here what do you think of Harry Potter's magic system versus various anime magic systems so Black Clover so... fairy tale stuff like that. So I think the Harry Potter magic system, uh, especially if you go deeper into Pottermore and the wikis, mm -hmm. um, is is a definite soft magic system. It's not a hard magic system. There's no real, there's no way to explain why somebody has a higher power level. There's no way to say, okay, you know, this is how it is. It's just some things are and some things aren't. I think from a narrative perspective, it did, it did exactly what it was supposed to do, uh, create wonder and mystery within the story. Um, there were some things that weren't quite explained, and you know, if we're talking books versus movies, um, I don't want to talk about the movies magic system uh -huh. because they changed. They fundamentally changed how it functioned. Absolutely. Uh, because uh, wandless magic wasn't something that was taught until sixth year. Yep. And yep. all these motherfuckers were doing it Absolutely. when they were like in all the fifth time. year, all the time, all the time. Um, and more so, uh, Rawlings made the conscious decision to use Harry's magic. We'll we'll use Harry as an example here. Sure. She used his as an example of, I'm not going to call it pacifism, but a non-lethal way to use magic. It was an ideal. She, uh, the soft magic, for her, the soft magic system was ideals instead of power levels. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that is a very, very interesting concept. Um, I think it's fun, and I think comparing it to, you know, I haven't studied Black Clover's power system enough, but Black Clover... You know, you gain power-ups, you gain X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you clearly, there's a power structure, whereas in Harry Potter, um, you know, there's not. You just have your wizards who are at the top. And even if, like, I'm re-listening re to the fifth book right now. Okay. Um, and an example is, remember when McGonagall gets stunned by four or five spells? Yep. Four or five spells combined can kill a person, uh, is what they said in the book. And they said that those four or five people wouldn't have been able to attack her in broad daylight. But we we're only we don't get to see we only get to see the peak and the lows of the magic system. Yeah. We don't really get to see anything else. We don't get to see your average user. We either see the best of the best going up against each other, or you know students. I think I think that I like the magic system. I don't. I think it served its purpose. Do I think that if I was going to write a magic system, I'd do it differently? Yes, I'd probably specify more so. Like, hey. Uh, our, the power comes more from emotion, which I think is uh, something that was touched on lightly. I'm not going to say it was fully touched on, sure. um, but if you really pay attention uh, when they're explaining the Cruciatus Curse, yep. uh, Bellatrix, I believe, says you have to mean it, Potter. You have to really want to hurt somebody. So it's yeah. a mix of wanting, some, wanting an action to happen, but also really um, understanding the core mechanics of it. Because you, without one, you know, you, you can understand the basics of the Cruciatus Curse, uh, or again, as Moody said, the Avada Kedavra. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can understand the basics of it and how to perform it, but if you don't have the intent behind it, that want, that desire, that emotion, that feeling, you're only going to give them a nosebleed. 
Yeah. Or like the Patronus. Like the, there's the Patronus is is one hundred percent an emotional. Uh huh. And especially like they, I think they do that. Like the third movie is probably my favorite movie of them. And I, I think, agree. I think the uh, the Patronus scene where Harry finally like gets it and like saves everything that is really well done in my opinion. I, it was very well shot. It was very yes. well done. And honestly, like. I think that was when Daniel started to come into his own as an actor as yes. well. Like, I think that was his first, like, the other movies were okay, but that scene where you see the sudden oh. realization on his face of, that's me. I've done this before. Uh-huh. I can save Sirius. I have, like, yes. he performed it so well. Mm-hmm. I think the only, I think the Harry Potter movies were, like, they chose the right cast for the right things. Yeah. Yep, you know the lead, like, the two sidekick, like the two friends. I think Hermione I mean, and Ron are well done. We, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about my uh, dislike of how the writers wrote Ron because that's uh-huh. a whole nother discussion. Uh-huh. They, they murdered, <laughs> they murdered my boy. Um, <laughs> oh, you're a Ron also, stan. Uh, I'm not a Ron stan. Um, a fact, if you read, if you compare book Ron and movie Ron, they're two completely different characters. <laughs> well. On the topic mm-hmm. of the cast, how do you guys feel about the the big possibility that probably within the next twenty years, um, Harry Potter will probably be rebooted at some point just because money? I okay. want it rebooted as a TV show. I'd like it, yeah, oh. I, like a Netflix series. I, I'd get down uh, with that. Netflix, HBO Max. Ooh, yes, HBO, absolutely. Like, give I me see that. Give me. I, I'm one hundred percent down because while the cast was perfect, there were some inconsistencies in what was chosen mm-hmm. for the cast. Like, uh, being completely honest, Alan Rickman was the perfect Snape. Yes. However, oh. mm-hmm. Snape was only 32 when the movie started. Uh-huh. They aged, they aged up everyone. Yeah. Um, they, they aged up Harry, uh, Harry's parents' <laughs> generation mm-hmm. by like 10 to 15 years, which was actually not, which it was narratively important that they were young if you completely understand it, because war ravages the young. Um, and that's what Rawlings said she was trying to convey. I mean, I, you can argue either way. Okay. Um, but the Marauders were actually all young. Uh, Sirius Black, when he finally died, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> he was only 36, 37, whereas Gary Oldman was in his 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, Lupin was a, you know, Lupin was a, again, same age as Snape, a 34-year-old man with the wizarding equivalent of AIDS, because that's what she wanted it to be. Like, there were some important things that I think were messed up age-wise, um, writing-wise. Uh, they made Hermione a lot less interesting character. One thing that I'd never paid attention to, and it wasn't, um, for once they didn't pull away from Ron, they, they just pulled away from a story perspective, and when they meet uh, Gwop, Grop, Grop, in the fifth book, in the fifth movie, he, Grop grabs Hermione, and she's very firm and says, put, Grop, put me down. But in uh-huh. the books, she is scared. Like, she ducks behind Harry, and she's cowering. Like, because a gigantic 16-foot behemoth just tried to rip her head off on accident. <laughs> like, reasonably so, but they made her seem very strong in that, and I thought it was more so touching to me in the books because she was still willing she was still afraid of grop she didn't have that control she didn't have that same strength interaction where he respected mm-hmm. her yeah like it was much more important in the books that she was kind of not weak but she had weaknesses 
And so I, I'd like to see a, a, an HBO Max series focusing around each book. I don't know how you'd split it up. And you could even include filler where they're, you know, more training. I'd like to see more schoolwork, more spell yep, work. me too. Because that's super important. And obviously with a movie, you, you can't do that. We only have two hours, which is why they split the seventh movie up into two parts. And I think that was acceptable. They started a trend, but it was acceptable when they did it. But I think an HBO Max, HBO Max series would be amazing. I'm just worried the only the, – the two – the two characters who were absolutely 100% perfect, like age-wise, writing-wise, acting-wise, was the twins. I'm worried yeah. that they will screw up the twins. And I think they're so easy to get annoying, too. Oh, yeah. To get, like, really frustrating or, or annoying or, like, too quippy. You know what I mean? Like, they're the, mm -hmm. the pranksters. Like, they, they're so easy to do wrong that it's important that they did them right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the actors that they chose... They like for all intents and purposes, they were Fred. Like for every yep. interview, they were Fred and George. They were <laughs> like, "So how did you like?" One of in, my favorite is the interviewer who asked, "So how did you two meet?" And without skipping a beat, they were like, "They were like, oh yeah, we met at the audition. We just happened to look like each other." <laughs> like, <laughs> That's they perfect didn't even, answer. They didn't. They didn't even skip a beat. They were just like, "Yeah, screw it. We'll go, we'll we'll screw with this guy." Like, uh -huh. That's the only part that I'm genuinely worried that they're gonna mess up is the twins. Because I would love to see. Because one thing that you didn't get to see in the movies was how genuinely brilliant the entire Weasley family is. Yeah. Like, every single person in the Weasley family was smart. Even Ron, for, and I've, I've gone on a rant on this about Twitter. In the first book, Ron, as a freaking 11-year-old, beat McGonagall's chess game that was meant to confound fully grown wizards. Uh-huh. Like, and Ron beat it. And he like he and, and he, he beat, beat it. it. Yeah, it wasn't like, like Harry saved him or anything. Like no, no. that was Ron's Ron, puzzle, and he did it. And Ron was like, and he did. He was like, I know. How, he's like, I got this, and he knew. But he like, in the way that they explained it in the books, and the way that I interpreted it, it was mid game. He knew that he was going to have to sacrifice himself at the very end. My man was seeing literal moves ahead. Observation he was like, hockey. He, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. San, uh, Sanji Sanji confirmed. Yes, bro. Oh, that new <laughs> chapter of One Piece, by the way. Oh, I haven't read I it. I haven't read it either. I you, Frick, we should have read it. I did say that. I'm an idiot. You I forgot prankster. it came out today. It, I read it. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I, I've already read it. I would have read uh, but it. But anyway. Awful. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think the possibility of a, of a reboot is exciting, and I hope they do it as a TV series mm -hmm. instead of a movie. Okay. I can get down with that. So I definitely have plenty more questions, but I think, Brandon, if you have some, go for it. Uh, well, I, I have a couple here, so I'll, I'll go for one right now. One bigger question I've had. This is something I've wanted to ask you before, but I haven't really, it's never came up, more or less. So I've definitely watched a good plethora of your videos at this point, and a lot of the manga clubs as well. And I know, uh, we're like, we're going back to manga, so spoiler alert, back to manga. All right, anyways, <laughs> so one of the things I've, I've uh, when it comes to you collecting and whatnot, um, I've heard you say this before. I'm not sure if you still feel this way. I'm sure you do, though. But you've said one of the big reasons why you want to um, really, like, define your collection is because you want to be able to pass it on to, like, your your next generation, your child, mm -hmm. your children. You yep. want to be able to share what you love so much with them, and it can be, like, a, a bonding experience, more or less. At least mm -hmm. that's what you hope. So the question I wanted to ask is, have you ever thought about, like, you know, what if your children end up, like, despising manga? Like, what if they just can't get into it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all <laughs> out of here. Get back inside. 
my my kid my kid comes home and says, Dad, I want to be a sports star. I'm just gonna throw a manga at their head and say, Sports star, this kid. Uh, <laughs> Green slam dunk. Eye shield pointing one at him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, that would be ball. That would be that would be the the BDE move of the day. Like throw a manga at them that is related to the sport that they want to play. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, understanding it from a fundamental level. Start here. Um, <laughs> And I, and I have seriously considered that, and I think that there's, you know, a few things. It, it comes down to a nature versus nurture discussion, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Fundamentally, there are some things that, you know, you're not going to like as a person. That is your nature. But, you know, my dad was an older gentleman when I was born and he was 39. Um, so he was, he was older, mm-hmm. not old. I have one friend whose, like, parents had him when he... Like it, it's one of my friends, he's one year younger than me, but his oldest sibling is 20 years older than him. Okay. But it's anyway. Wow, okay. Yeah. That was, that was, and his youngest sibling is five years. His youngest, the, the difference between the oldest and the youngest is almost 25 years. Whew. Nuts. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, look at you. Look at you, dad. Um, but anyway, I think. You know, we can use Harry Potter as an example here, again, oddly enough, because it ties back to every aspect of my life. With, you know, my dad created a bond with me through Harry Potter. We didn't connect on everything, but fundamentally, when it came down to it at the end of the day, we both loved Harry Potter, and it was a bonding experience. I think that nature-wise, you know, my kids might not like manga, but nurture-wise, I can try to foster the love of the medium within them. Not mm-hmm. force it, but foster it from a young age. Basically, you know, uh, Stockholm syndrome in them yeah. into liking manga. <laughs> what a way to phrase trying to get yeah. them to like reading is Stockholm syndrome. It well, because like I know um, a lot of like it's been proven that a lot of your interests early and later in life definitely come from like what you experience like at home as a child, right? So I feel like um, like even from my personal experience, like my dad is like a big metalhead. And my mom likes a lot of like modern rock and stuff at the same time. So I got my love for music from them. Like I I hated it at first, but eventually I came around to it. And if I wouldn't have been exposed to it Mm -hmm. so much, I probably never would have picked up that interest. So I feel like obviously there's a good chance that like it's it's all going to work out um, how you envision and it's going to be fantastic, obviously. But at the same time, there's always that possibility of like, you know, that big hope you have could not end up panning out. And it's kind of like, I was just more or less wondering, like, you know, would that end up like deterring you from wanting to collect manga further after that point? Or do you think that because it's still so interesting to you, you just be like, you know what? It's whatever. And well, considering then, you know, that one piece will still be going on. <laughs> I mean, considering that one piece will still be going on, I will 100% still be collecting manga. At that point. <laughs> but like I said, if my, if my kids, uh, if I'm lucky enough, because like I said, it's been a, I wanted to be a parent since I was five mm-hmm. hey, that's a weird thing for a for you know a, a male to admit like no I wanted to be a dad since I was five like uh-huh. I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad since I was five not like a regular dad like I wanted to spend every single waking second with my children yeah um and you know there there have been thoughts in my mind like what happens if I can't have kids what happens if that and to me that's super heartbreaking yeah and I want to be just like my dad was um mm-hmm. in certain aspects other aspects obviously I'd like to be better and other aspects, I'll never be the same, and that's okay. Uh-huh. But my dad always let me make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. He always, everything was always my choice. And I think that's what I want to raise my kids on. You don't have to like something. 
you don't have to enjoy something just because I do. Mm -hmm. You are your own individual and you can make your own choices. And that's such an important lesson that my dad gave me. Yeah. Um, but not, you know what? And I'm doing my mother a disservice because she was the exact same way. You know, uh -huh. they let me grow and experiment. My mother was a lot more supportive mm -hmm. uh, of things that I did in certain aspects. Whereas my dad, um, he would teach himself like he wasn't a very, he was, I'm not going to say he wasn't athletic because he was super athletic in certain sports, but you know, he didn't play basketball. He didn't play baseball. But when I said, oh, I, I think I want to try the sport, my dad would go out of his way to make sure that he could coach the sport. Wow. Even if he was only an assistant coach, he would uh -huh. go out, he would pick up, you know, how to coach baseball for dummies. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not even kidding. I believe he you. bought That's that awesome. book. I used to do fencing, uh, so sword fighting. He taught himself how to fix the weapons because he, you know, he couldn't fence, but he taught himself how to fix the weapons because he still wanted to be a part of the community that I was in. And I think that's something that I want to pass on to my kids. I don't want to, I don't want to force them to like manga. What I want to do is I want to find a common ground. And for me right now, I want to share an important aspect of my life. Like my dad mm -hmm. tried to get me to work on cars. It's something that I didn't enjoy, but he tried to get me to do it. And once he saw that it wasn't my thing, he accepted that about me. Yeah. And so if my kids don't like manga, awesome. I'll find another way to connect with them. I'll find another way to, mm -hmm. you know, be a part of their lives, be a part of what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know he's got to be so proud hearing this, like uh, for sure. Like looking yeah. down and hearing it, like you just are, are gonna bring a tear to my eye hearing you talk like this. <laughs> he's my dad for all, and I say this with love and respect. Everybody has flaws. No one is perfect, and you know it's not my place to air out anybody's dirty laundry, anything like that. Mm -hmm. For all of the flaws that my father had. He never pushed any of his prejudice. He never pushed any of his mindset on me. We'd have our arguments from time to time on certain things, but he always let me make my own decisions. He always let me make my own friends. He always supported my friends. Didn't uh -huh. matter who they were. The second that they were my friends, they were family at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's that's who I want to be. <laughs> when, I, when I grow up, that's <laughs> like I want to be that same kind of person i want to be yeah. kind caring loving supportive i want to i want my kid to be able to come to me and have difficult discussions though i do want to be better at having the uh the quote-unquote talk Look. with my kid that my dad was <laughs> Dude, i never even got the talk <laughs> i got it yeah. at school uh, I, never I went it. to i went to a catholic school oh wow um yeah yeah surprise yeah so uh, they don't do the talk there do they no I, actually uh, they don't do the talk in the way that like traditional public schools do, uh -huh. but they do actually do. They actually did have health science. Okay. Because uh, it was uh, for all its misconceptions, Catholic Church isn't as far behind on science as people think it is. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a practicing Catholic uh, anymore. But the way that they taught, you know, they allowed for discourse, they allowed for discussion, they allowed for the ex uh, you know the growth of the mind. Mm -hmm. um, but I can tell you that you either if you go to Catholic high school. You either come out a hardcore Catholic, or you come out and you are not a Catholic anymore. Uh -huh. uh, it's just the, the nature of the beast. Anyway, so we went on a senior retreat. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, senior? senior? Like high school? Like high school senior okay. retreat. And <laughs> they had our parents, like this was our, like, you know, our last thing before we graduated, uh -huh. before we left the school, before we became full-fledged adults um, in the eyes of, you know, the nation. You know, that's, that's how it is. Um, 
we went and kind of did this religious senior retreat and they had our parents write notes to us. Um, and in my dad's letter, my mom wrote a very nice, beautiful letter um, saying how much she loved me, all that good stuff, you know, the uh-huh. typical mother things. Yeah. Uh, whereas my dad, on the other hand, wrote a note and he was talking about everything. And then I get to the very end and he says, Pia, and it just somewhere, it was either in the middle of the letter or at the very end of the letter. My dad said, by the way, girls can get pregnant even if you wear protection. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, is this like, I was questioning the validity of everything that I was reading up until that point. And then I didn't bring it up. Like I didn't, I didn't mention it, you know, yeah. until a couple, couple years later. And I told my mom that, and she just whips around and looks at my dad and goes, really, Kevin, you said you gave him the talk. He's like, well, he read the letter, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought great. I got pranked if I got a letter like that. I'm like, what? I, I, was sitting there, I was like, I was like, where's Ashton Kutcher? Like, yeah, who where's wrote Ashton this? Kutcher? Look around the bus. Who wrote this? Like, what? Like, that's that was oh. my version. Like, most people, like, I got mine with school. I was like, no, nah, my dad gave me mine with a very, very weird message. While I was a it, senior, <laughs> I was I was in high school, and my dad gave me a note that said they can still get pregnant with protection. That's unbelievable. And I was like, I'm sitting here, I'm going. <laughs> You know, what standard am I supposed to give my son to talk? Like, I don't know how this is supposed to go now. Is it, I'm like, I don't know what's normal. Am I just supposed to be a Midwestern dad and avoid the topic until it awkwardly comes up and my my child is somehow pregnant or gotten somebody pregnant? And I go, well, I guess this is how it is. Yeah, here you go. Figure it out. <laughs> Joke's on you. Sounds like you need to one-up it and write a uh, research paper. Write a life. Think, <laughs> <laughs> just many like, sources. Like yeah, very just, exceptionally MLA detailed. MLA format, double space. <laughs> oh my god! Pictures but, and references. Um, well, I have two questions that I want to ask, and then I will give the floor over to you, Evan, because I know you got a lot of. Yeah, notes. well, I'm stealing your thunder right now. I want to ask about Oda. Fuck. So right. get owned. Okay. <laughs> so well, you said you said you think Oda's going to go down as one of the top fiction authors of our time. Who else is in that category for you, Lohali? Interesting. So, yeah, uh, I think obviously if George R. R. Martin is able to finally finish any of his series, even though I've never watched or read it, oh no, I think he'll oh, go down. You're missing out. I, I know. I like. That's I remember nasty. distinctly a kid in high school was reading A Song of Fire and Ice, mm-hmm. and like, God, that was over ten years ago that he was reading that. Wow. So I've known about it for a while. I just never, I was never like, oh, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to understand, since I don't read adult fiction, yeah, it's hard for me to really comment truthfully. Sure, okay. Um, because, but what I can say from uh, a, a child fiction, that mm-hmm. sounds so weird. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> but from a, a youth, from a, from a, a youth. Young adult uh, fiction. Young adult, young adult fiction perspective. I think there's some really interesting authors out there. Um, I think that Naoki Urasawa is going to go down, and if we're talking exclusively oh, manga, yeah. I think Urasawa is going to go down as one of the kings. Like, oh, yeah. Just the way that he writes his stories and keeps every single detail in mind along with his time travel and back-and-forth storytelling style, absolutely insane. Like, I have not seen any other author able to do something like that, and I love it. Like, Urasawa is... If you've never read any of his series, you have to start. You have to start in a very specific order, in my opinion, uh, so you can get used to his style and fully enjoy uh, Monster. But I think that, oh boy, uh, Pluto is the way to start with Urasawa. 
Um, from a young adult perspective, I think that um, oh, uh, Rick Rewarden, Rick Rewarden. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think he's created uh, because he he hasn't he has his own EU now. Basically, let's be honest uh-huh. here. Yeah. He has other authors, not even like ghost writing for him, like just straight up writing in his universe. And I think that they're very important stories for kids because Rick uh, or whoever Rick is could be a could be a you know pseudonym could be Rick mm-hmm. could actually be anybody. Um, it's me, but it's what? you. I knew it. Exposed. I knew it. Not clickbait. Um, <laughs> but that would be a great title. Rick Gordon <laughs> explode exposed. It it be spooky. <laughs> I lied. All right. Oh, cool. Um, that's a, that's the video. <laughs> But the way that he's crafted his universe and the way that his universe actually speaks to kids, it's, one, easy to consume, but it also introduces a lot of hard-to-talk-about topics. It talks about family dynamics. It talks about, you know, betrayal. It talks about friendship. It talks about sexuality, race. Mm -hmm. When I was listening through the uh, Sword of Summer series, so his Viking series, his Uh Norse God series, and it's because I didn't understand it at the time. Uh, one thing that I wasn't the biggest fan of was the inclusion of the romantic relationship between the main character and who he ended up with. Have you read the series? Uh, nope. And this is, again, part of it's just so, because I wasn't introduced to it partially because I didn't understand it and partially because I don't think you always need romance in a story. But Rick loves ro- romance, so whatever. Uh-huh. Um, the main character ended up with a... Uh, Non, uh, a gender fluid is my understanding. Uh, character. Okay. And while I have no compunctions about that, originally when I read it, in my mind I was like, God, I was like, that's freaking weird. I was like, I don't know how I'd feel about that. But I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think that it opens up a discussion as to why was I feeling that emotion at that point in time? Is it right for me to feel that emotion about that thing? Um, is there some fault in myself for feeling this? What can I do to change my directive about it? How can I be more open? And I think he's also providing a voice, even if it's not always the perfect voice, he's always providing a voice for minorities. He's providing a voice for people who have historically um, and currently are being, I don't want to, discriminated against. Let's, you know, Uh let's let's be, let's call a spade a spade. Yep. Being discriminated against. Um, And I think that he's opening up very important conversations about that. So I think he's going to go down as an important normalizer of modern society making it more acceptable for kids to see it around in their life because uh the nico robin the nico thing uh not nico robin that's a one piece discussion but nico <laughs> was uh introduced as a gay character and i was like when i read it mm-hmm. again my own biases took over before i was able to rationalize i was like well i was more upset by the fact that i wouldn't i wasn't able to guess it originally than i was by the fact that he was gay and i was like god damn it rick what do you mean he's gay <laughs> Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's forced me like reading his books have forced me to examine myself a little bit deeper and say, okay, this is a prejudice. Like, why was my first instinct this instead of, you know, my first thought was, okay, well, that's freaking weird instead of, oh, this is normal. Why was it that? What can I do to change that about myself? And I think that's, that's a thing that is going to be very important in the future. Wow. That was, I, I knew you'd have a good answer for that. And this is, like I said, and just so everyone knows, I requested not to get any of these questions beforehand. Yeah, he wanted to be blindsided by our questions. 
I, to me, from a creator standpoint, it's the same reason why I do all the 90% of my videos are off the cuff. I make it up as I go. I don't do any research. I just talk from the heart because to me, I feel the most important thing a creator can be, especially in modern society is honest with their audience mm -hmm. and genuine. And, I, and genuine. I think those, those two things are what sets the goods apart from it. Like, let's be honest here. If Casey Neistat wasn't so authentic in his videos, he would not have exploded the way that he did. Mm -hmm. He, there are people who had just as good technical ability as him, but they weren't as authentic. Like authenticity is an amazing thing and it, it really opens up the communication between between everybody and it creates a community. Yeah, and I think especially with this podcast and the people I've gotten to talk to and meet, the one thing that I've heard so consistently is people saying that Brandon is such a genuine guy. And I think that really uh, rings true about his personality. I mean, it does. And like I said, I've 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 threatened to to uh, to drive him. up and to, to drive up and beat him up, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he threatened to go to my house and call me dumb. I, mean, I almost did. I mean, I thrown that out there. and it was genuine. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's always genuine. Uh huh. Absolutely, and I think that's so important. I think that's why so many people feel comfortable reaching out to you, Brandon. Is that you mm -hmm. are such a genuine person? I definitely like, try my best. Your voice just lulls me into like you're like the siren of YouTube. Your voice just uh -huh. lulls me in and pulls me in. I'm like, God damn it! Like, who else could make a two and a half hour, two hour and fifteen minutes? <laughs> sorry, not two and a half hour movie. Not let's not even call it a video. Documentary on the Dragon Ball bootlegs. Well, I think some sort of mental issue is definitely involved. But well, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, There's everyone has it's initial a, issue. It's 2020. Everyone has one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so that's, but that was like when when I, I watched that entire thing and I was like, damn, Spooks, this is baller. Like, <laughs> I messaged Spooky the day I watched it the day that it came out. I think mm -hmm. didn't I, Spooks? It I came out. I think I last July, so it's been a year now. Believe it or I not, I think yeah, I think I, wow. I watched it when it came out and I messaged and I was like, dude, that was great. <laughs> um, and then when you did your uh, Blade of the Immortal review. I was more upset because for some reason my notifications weren't on on YouTube, and so I didn't see that it came out, and I didn't see that you had tweeted about it, and I was like two days late, and I was so pissed with myself. <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those weird things where it's like that series in particular. I know there's not a huge audience for it, but I find it interesting myself, so I'm just going to keep trying them out, and it, it definitely takes a certain level of sanity or insanity. Or lack thereof, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it me spooky. It... It, the audience, the audience is Brian. <laughs> the, the, the one demographic is Brian from Lowly. Specifically. <laughs> just straight up, there's 30,000 views on it. It's all just me. Yeah. So we're constantly like, I could, refreshing. I could go into the app and you could see the demographics for gender and it would say male, 0%, female, 0%, Lowly, 100%. <laughs> That's what it would be. That would be the most amazing thing ever. Uh. Um, well, I'm gonna steal your. Yeah, the stage is yours now. I mean, okay. I didn't have the thunder. Oh well, I got the lightning. Okay, cool. That's what so, I was. Oh my! Man. Thank God somebody said that. Cause yep. if you Brandon, if you hadn't said that, I was gonna say, "Well, I got the thunder." It was in my my head too. I, we were did all you, on the same page. Did you ever watch? Um, God, what movie was that? It had The Rock in Stifler from American Pie. What? I have no clue which what? movie you're talking about. Uh, the Rundown. It was The Rundown. It was like an early 2000s <laughs> movie, action movie, 
with the rock when he was no, doing I've one never of his roles. <laughs> he cha- he chases. So have you ever watched The Goon? No. Oh, I've seen that on Netflix. The Goon? Okay. Hundreds of times, but I've never yeah. watched it. It's, <laughs> it's a great... So um, so you know who Stifler is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So he's actually a great... He's actually a genuinely good actor. Um, but there's a scene in there where he, like... The Rock is having is being paid money to bring Stifler's character back home uh, to his dad, and he goes down there and chases him. And he and Stifler lifts up his leg and goes, "You want some thunder?" And he waves his leg around. "You want some lightning?" And then he just tries to punch the Rock in the face with his fist, and he just bips <laughs> it. I mean, he is a literal rock, so the he rock is sediment. That he he is he, he is sediment. <laughs> Well, the two questions that I have written down left for you over here, I have a couple more, but I'll, I, I know Evan's got a lot, so I'm not going to steal too much thunder here. I'll just give off these two and give the floor back to him. Oh, wonderful. So uh, so the one question that, obviously a lot of these are manga related because you are the, the manga collector tube guy. Appar- so. Apparently I am, and I'm also apparently now a Harry Potter the expert. The Harry Potter guy. Yeah, uh-huh. really. So the, the question I have involves your unhaul. So obviously we touched mm-hmm. upon it a little bit earlier, but um, recently you unhauled a bunch of manga that you don't really like care for anymore, or you think could be obviously in the in better hands for somebody else. Yes. So does that mean you're slowing down in general with um, collecting manga or just purchasing manga, or are you being more like uh, you know looking for very specific things that mean something to you in general instead of just you know buy buy buy? Like wh- what's the situation going on in your? collecting habits so like britney spears uh it's not it, unlike britney spears it's not all bye 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 actually it was in sync <laughs> yeah Backstreet boys whichever one it was anyway whoever that was um so my collecting has absolutely slowed down um because i was spending about 200 dollars a month on manga like it mm. was it was stupid i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest here that's 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 way too much money my collection in under a year went from sub 20 volumes to 600 plus dang uh-huh. Yeah, so I I know a thing or two about blowing way too much money, um, <laughs> but my purchases now are one hundred percent going to be more what I what I want my collection to represent mm-hmm. um, to me instead of you know oh I got it for the clout I got it for the insta did you get yeah. it for the insta yeah some of them I did. some of, some of them some of them I did <laughs> exclusively buy for the clout yeah and there's some series that I'm gonna I I'm gonna carry with me to the grave like. If I if I really really wanted to, I could sell a Bookerano for an exorbitant amount of money, mm-hmm. like a lot. Where, and I got half of it for free because a, a fellow YouTuber, uh, Andrew Sundoku, gave it to me. That series will never leave my collection. That's awesome. Unless I am forced to give it up because it was a gift. Mm-hmm. And something that's like something like that that's a gift. You know, I I want to keep because it meant some. It means something to the friendship, to the relationship that was built. Yeah. Um, whereas something like uh, Roroni Kenshin, we'll just use that one, uh, <laughs> literally means nothing. And I would rather somebody purchase the series used from me mm-hmm. than support the creator because he's a shitty person. Yeah, I have heard that. Not a good guy. Not a see, great guy. See, I think we've. Been, I think we might have even talked before about. Uh, like on a different podcast about, um, you know, uh, separating art from artists. Oh, yeah. That's how uh-huh. another day. Uh-huh. So I guess uh, <laughs> sort of relating to what you're talking about right now. Um, the other question that I had is, uh, so obviously when it comes to the manga um, tube community, it's definitely like smaller. Like I've seen a lot of people in it talking about how like there's a ceiling and, you know, 
you can't break through. But at the same time, though, I've also noticed that there's a lot of newer uh, manga creators, like kind of uh, pushing through the roof and like changing the boundaries. Like I know you've had a couple of them on your manga clubs recently, for instance. So I guess my question would be, so how do you feel about like the new wave of manga related creators? And in your opinion, what would be the top five most underrated out of those you've come across? Ooh. Oh, um, hmm. So this is, this is going to get me into a little bit of trouble. I love all of the uh, new creators. Like, so th- th- this isn't the part that's going to get me into trouble. I okay. love all of the new creators. I think they're all bringing a new life into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, it's great to see. You just, you just love to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, because again, why, why wouldn't you love to see the community grow? The problem is take a look at the old guard from the old guard who is realistically still around and are they still doing pure manga hall and manga collection stuff Mm -hmm. now that's so let's let's take a look at it from that perspective they aren't what we're starting to see is a transition of the creation ideals of these individuals we're seeing them start to realize that it's not all about manga it's not all about anime it's about the culture as a whole that we've been raised on, that we've grown to love. Um, and it's something that I've been preaching you, ridiculously. Somebody said, oh, well, I, I feel like there are some things that, you know, why, why are they leaving the MangaTube community? I was like, they're not leaving the MangaTube community. They're becoming a creator of a different kind. They're taking advantage of the lessons that they've learned, the community that they've grown and has supported them. And now you're saying since they're not a part of the community anymore or they're changing their demographic, they're changing what they want to talk about, you don't feel comfortable supporting them anymore. Why not? And it's, it's those kinds of questions that you have to ask, have to ask so a community can properly grow. Because mm-hmm. before, um, I, I hate tooting my own horn, but before I really got, before I started creating for MangaTube, people weren't as concerned with quality of video. They, they, it just, they weren't. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. But after I got there, the quality of video started to be a little bit higher. Like I started to expect more out of myself uh-huh. and I started to challenge other creators in the community. I was like, why aren't we doing more for our, you know, why aren't we doing more? But like, yeah. well, if you have a good collection, then shouldn't that be the, all that matters? I'm like, no. And, and this is where I try to change, change the topic. It's no, that's not all that matters. Mm-hmm. It's, providing quality to inspire the creators in the community around you to create their own product show them that this that the ceiling that was there and it's i've i've said before that the only reason why there's a ceiling um is because we've allowed there to be a ceiling there are creators who have 10 to 15,000 subs with manga collection it's not that there's a ceiling it's that we haven't fully tapped into the potential of manga tube as a whole uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, See, that's one thing that i've definitely like not believed you know like when people say oh there's a ceiling well i feel like at that point you're just you know not trying to break out of your excuses. own boundaries yeah you're resigning yeah. yourself to that exactly and it's like it's 100 yeah 100%. people are just like you know obviously at a certain point is where like you know you see things start to slow down mm-hmm. but at the same time though like if you're trying new things and trying to um innovate even you're just going to go past the boundaries that you thought were originally there. So it's Absolutely. like, I feel like uh-huh. those people are more or less just selling themselves short. 
they're they're trying to give themselves an excuse to fail and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone gets everyone creates for a different reason. If you say to yourself, "Oh, this is what I can achieve and that's all that you achieve and you're happy with that," I'm I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying, "Oh, I only this is as far as I can go because the community doesn't support me." I'm like, "No. It's because you're lacking somewhere else." It's because yeah. if, if mm-hmm. you're being if you're being, if you're positive about where you're at, you're saying, I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm, I'm genuinely happy with the fact that I am where I am. And you are genuinely happy about that. I will never take that away from anybody. That is you. That is what you want. And that is great. The second that you say, it's somebody else's fault that I'm not growing, it's your fault that you're not growing. Mm-hmm. That's harsh. But to me, that's, that's the reality. We, we used to think that it was hard for people to reach 1,000 subs as a manga tube creator, as a, as a manga tube collector creator, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to think that was impossible. Now we're seeing people get there in four to five months when it used to take two to three years. It's because people have been breaking their backs, breaking the standards, breaking the mold so that we can grow and we pull in a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. You I create think, your own audience. Mm-hmm. I think it also definitely helps that anime and manga in general are becoming more mainstream. Yeah. So like to just take it back to like a couple of years ago, like uh, 2014, 15, 16, even like the audience for anime and manga wasn't that big on YouTube. Like it was definitely there, but you could say that there was a ceiling more or less. But as more people have gotten into it, the audience as a whole has just grown for everybody. Absolutely. And I think that's an, a, a huge discussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's use, you know, two of the largest, you know, anime, anime tube creators. Like let's talk about Nux and let's talk about the, the anime man. Like they both have a million plus subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, ex- Nux talks about memes, anime memes almost exclusively. That should be limiting, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because he's created and crafted a personality around who he is and what he, like, what he expects. And his community has grown and responded to that. It's not about the, what people don't get. And what is what I'm still working on? What I feel like I'm lacking, um, and I, I do an okay job of, of it on, uh, you know, podcasts. But YouTube isn't about the the content that you give. At a certain point, to grow to a certain point, yes, the content is important. But after a certain point, it's about your personality. If your yeah. personality is not engaging, if your personality doesn't bring something to the table, then your information is useless. Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and i think that goes with like all of youtube too and i think with regards to like looking at this i I wasn't clear on that one no for sure and like it's a microcosm like the anime and manga tube like you could look back at youtube as a whole and there was a certain ceiling back when youtube first started and like all the way through probably 20 maybe 14 when it started to be like the downloaded app and like the way to consume stuff yeah oh yeah and let's use another one of the creators that I love to talk about, and Brandon knows that I talk about him a lot. Um, let's talk about Tekken. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Like, he started, he's made almost 2,500 videos. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, like, I have this man's, yep. I have this man's stats memorized. Because this is, <laughs> this is how influential I think that he genuinely is. Mm-hmm. He has a personality that lets him go for 20 to 40 minutes multiple times a week very, very, very rarely editing minus his intro. Very mm-hmm. rarely. He has a personality, and there, when people say, oh, I can't grow anymore because I've reached the ceiling, he, Bleach ended. This dude was all about Bleach. 
Like for those of you that never that only know Tekken for his One Piece stuff, because let's be honest, that's what he's a lot more well known for right now. <laughs> his Bleach stuff was everyone's like, oh, what's he gonna do once Bleach is dead? My man tested out twenty different videos on a ton of different content, and oh, he yeah. found that his personality fit very well with the Bleach community, and he stuck with that. That is absolutely imperative, and that shows that one hundred percent. Again, this is opinion, so I'm I'm gonna say fact, but it's opinion. That uh-huh. proves the fact that personality is more important than the content that you're creating. Absolutely. His content, his channel should have died. He was exclusively about Bleach, and before that, he did uh, video games, uh, <laughs> turn-based or strategy video games. I think it was a uh, yeah, something like that. Like I said, I got this man memorized uh-huh. because I find I just find him such an interesting character study. Mm-hmm. He his channel by the old standards of YouTube by the old standards of creation should have died but he persevered because his personality is so unique and so engaging that you just want to watch and you want to be a part of his community yeah like even back when he was doing bleach because that's where I got into his videos um, I felt like when it came to like every other like you know because weekly chapter reviews back then were like the big thing and like there's still plenty of people doing that now but like that was when they were they were popular more or less like these days they've kind of died off for like the most part in terms of like what's uh the popping content you could say uh-huh. but even back then <laughs> i always thought that his reviews on of like weekly chapters and all that jazz was like very unique compared to everybody else which is why i felt like he kind of stood out but mm-hmm. even now i feel like part of what makes it is the fact that he's kind of got like a superpower like like you said he can just talk for like 20 to 40 minutes he doesn't need a script maybe at most he'll have a couple bullet points or something but he can just go and go and go like he knows all the information like most people aren't going to be like that. And when it comes to his reviews, like he'd do like skits and all these other interesting things to spice it up. Like you don't see that with other creators. So he definitely also stands out as being like unique. Cause like, I Absolutely. remember, yeah. Cause like, I remember after bleach ended, he said, okay, well now the bleach is over. I think I'm going to actually start reviewing my hero academia. Like that's what he was originally going to do. Yeah. But I think he tried a couple or he, maybe he didn't even really get into it. I can't remember, but then he decided to just swap and he was doing one piece instead along with and like these days he does one piece but he also throws in content about plenty of other series like he covers a lot so i feel like he's got like a core audience with like a big series that he's known for but he also does plenty of other content to like diversify it and i know like you and i have talked about this before brian but the way i view youtube is there's like three different categories more or less right there's Mm -hmm. the people who are completely based on the topics they cover Mm -hmm. there are the people who are completely personality based and then there's the people in the middle who kind of like they float that line because their personality is a big part of it, but the topic is also still like their driving force. Yeah. So I feel like every, almost any YouTuber can fall in one of those three categories. And it just depends on like what you're looking for as a viewer, because a lot of times I feel the middle is where most people succeed. But then you take somebody like PewDiePie who like, obviously you're going to see his opinion at this point. If you're not, I don't know why you're there. Cause like, (laughs) that's all like his videos are completely random, but it's like, Oh, what is he talking about today? Let's go see. Um, what Felix feels about this or, you know, watch him meme about it or whatever else. Like Mm -hmm. he's completely personality based. Whereas um, plenty of other people just fall into the middle or like it's all about whatever topic they're talking about. And that's where they lie. Absolutely. And like I said, we taking a look at, you know, anime tube as a microcosm, as you know, this, as this case study for this, Uh Um, you know, people like teching is again, he's a very personality based, creator um but the information that he has on each series is wickedly insane like he's an encyclopedia 
Yep. He, he is. He's genuinely. Um, he's genuinely an encyclopedia on every series that he talks about. I don't know how he does his research. I don't know if he even does research. But the other thing that he does that I think people don't understand um, from a, you know, you guys might just because, again, creators understand creators. <laughs> I, I struggle with extrapolating, right? Yeah. If I'm saying a sentence, I want my sentence to be as short and to the point as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas teching, on the other hand, he says a very simple point in multiple paragraphs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big, big thing is for him is the way that he creates his videos. It's all about one central topic, but he's able to expand it in such a way that it is terrifying. Yeah, it becomes more personal <laughs> sometimes yeah. too. Because he, t- he, tells, he tells a story, he tells his thoughts, he gives his reasoning behind it. He gives why, he's like, he gives you the theory. Like when he does, his, he does his theories, he gives you the theory. He feeds it to you. He gives you the basis of it and then he expands on it. And then he comes back to it. And then he touches on another part to it. And then he touches on it again. And he builds it and builds it into this amazing, it, it's just, um, it's so interesting. Like I would, He's one of my dream guests on the Manga Club because I just want to pick his brain. Uh-huh. I find him so inherently interesting, and I want to understand more. I want to pull back. I want to be – I'm not going to – I don't want to say disappointed because that's not the right word. I want to be – I want to know how his mind works so I can make videos not closer to his but in my own style mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like he and I do very similar like off-the-cup videos. He's much more – you know, expressive, animated than I am 95% of the time. But when he does his serious videos, because people haven't seen him do, like, when he's actually upset about something, he will do a serious video. And he doesn't do them as much anymore, I don't think. I haven't gotten to, I haven't seen as many. But he does everything in one take, and that's what's inspired me to create. And he's one of those creators that I would just love to pick his brain, because I want to understand more about why I create mm-hmm. from how he creates. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it, too. Because, like, you could, you know, like, every kid has written a five-paragraph essay in school. But yep. there takes a, there, it takes a certain skill set to be able to do that well and to be able to do mm-hmm. that with your own voice instead of just regurgitating information. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it, it comes down to a case study. Let's mm-hmm. do some rapid-fire questions because I want to get through as many of them I've got, as I can yeah. for you. I have some favorite flashes, have. some flash favorites here. So what are you listening to on your... Spotify playlist right now because I really like uh, your music taste that you discussed. But who do you got rocking right now? So, uh, as Spooky knows, I am one hundred percent a mid two thousands pop punk boy. Yep, uh, oh, yeah. like the Wonder Years, the Swellers, Neck Deep, uh, the Story it. So Far, uh, Four Years oh. Strong. Um, Broadside was actually my first. Uh, Broadside had my first uh, was my first dance like with my yes. wife. Like we chose a Broadside song. Oh, that's incredible. And, I have, so you know broadside. Uh-huh. So, okay. Which song was it? I, um, I hate you. I hate you. It's disgusting. Yup. Okay. But, That's what I yeah. thought it would be. That's I mean, awesome. the the ukulele was amazing in mm-hmm. there. I actually got to see them on their first warp tour. Oh man! And I got to shake Ollie's hand, uh, and I got to tell him, "Hey, like you're one of my favorite, uh, like you're my you're one of my favorite active bands right now." Uh huh. It's like, and. I've I've traveled to uh, St. Louis actually to see them perform. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've seen them perform three times, and they were great at all of them. Yeah, I've gotten to see Four Years Strong perform. Amazing band. 
Seaway uh, is baller. Seaway <laughs> is super underrated, but they got to travel with Simple Plan. They were the opener for Simple Plan's tour because uh, they're all from oh, Canada, wow. uh-huh. um, which is just amazing. But one of my, I'm rocking, mm-hmm. rocking, rocking the Wonder Years right now. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Soupy, but he is such a a good artist. And their new Burst and Decay acoustic EP Volume Two. Ooh, okay. Brilliant. I was actually, um, and this this sounds sad. Uh, if COVID and my dad hadn't died, I was gonna go to St. Louis to watch them. Wow. Just uh, to, to see the concert because it was mm-hmm. an acoustic. How often do you get to go see an acoustic concert for a pop punk band? Absolutely never. I know. Yeah, uh, absolutely never. <laughs> Silverstein did a uh, Facebook Live acoustic concert because I was gonna oh. go see them li- uh, acoustically with Brandon with one of my other yep. friends. But we got COVID, <laughs> we got wrecked. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and then the most recent concert that I've gotten to go to was. A day to remember touring with Beartooth and I Prevail uh, okay. for their Degenerates tour, <laughs> uh, and I got to see them on Halloween. That's awesome. And I'd never, I'd never listened to I Prevail really before. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. I've gotten to see a day to remember live twice. Uh, this was the second time. The first time that I got to see them was when they were touring with Papa Roach. Oh wow! And okay. I have to say, if if you were if you were into alt rock, you know, new mm-hmm. metal at all. Papa Roach is a gem. I've seen see Papa live. Roach twice live. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, so Jacoby's, with Brandon. <laughs> yep. J- Jacoby's energy is insane. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's so good vocally on the mic. I'm a, I'm a little bit more out of the rock phase. That was more high school. I made the transition to pop punk mm-hmm. when I was 18, 19, like right when it was like that 2012, like that, like pizza pop punk, bubblegum pop. Punk, yes. That wave uh-huh. hit. Like that was... Oh, that's my that's <laughs> that's my jam. But I, there was a local band based in Nebraska. Uh, I worked with two of the members, and I write this down because you might like them. Okay. Because they're that they're that punch mouth pop punk. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're called A Summer Better Than Yours. Okay. They were my intro into pop punk, and they're what got me into my favorite pop punk band, The Swellers. Very underrated, criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they toured with Par- Papa. Uh, the Swellers toured with Paramore. Wow. Okay. On their South American tour. Oh, that's awesome. But they just got stuck at mid level. Uh huh. And they're my biggest regret. Like. Yeah. I had. They were. They were performing a concert up in Omaha, so forty five way- minutes away from when I was living in Lincoln, and I was actually in a band at the time, and we were in the recording studio. I said, "Hey guys, can we finish up?" pretty quickly here i want to go see this concert up there and our singer came and she's like no uh we don't we won't have time i don't want to rush my vocals well first of all i didn't record bass second of all she was hung over <laughs> so she threw out the vocals for the day mm-hmm. like i've never been close to hitting a woman except for that <laughs> moment like i was and then and then it turns out that it was the swellers basically last oh, no. tour mm-hmm. and so i will never get to, they're the one band them and the wonder years are they're yep. the two bands like i'm gonna see the Wonder years live at some point they will be my last. It sounds stupid to say I have a last concert in mind. Uh-huh. They will be my last concert. Wow. I, I like the concert scene isn't for me. Being five foot six, I hate being surrounded by a crowd. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't yep. see. I either have to be close to the front or I have to be far enough away. <laughs> um, and that's why the acoustic show would have been a perfect way to end mm-hmm. it because it, they have they provide seats for you. Oh, that'd be incredible. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, okay, I'm all I'm the same height as everybody else. <laughs> my torso's long. It's it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Oh my god, I'm blasting that. Um, I've been honestly on a falling in reverse kick. Okay. Um, I don't like. Previously, I did not like Ronnie Radke as a person. I mm-hmm. enjoyed the first album of Falling in Reverse, um, but I've been listening to it more and more. And I really respect the music that he's done because he's so far ahead of his time. 
Okay. Like his first, like if you listen to his albums, they come out two to three years before the music that he's making becomes popular. Like, um, let's take a look at the rap rock scene. Like how yeah. he's doing that kind of like how he's doing that rap rock flow. That song, uh, God, when did that album come out? Because he did closer to that, you know, emo. <laughs> the first, their first album, uh, the Drug and Muse, you came out in two thousand eleven when emo was much more of a thing. But fashionably late, that twenty thirteen had more rap influence. And everyone's like, this is so shitty. This is so bad. This is so terrible. And now, and, and then now. five, yep. <laughs> and five, six, seven years later, that's the norm. Mm-hmm. Like, that is insane. Oh. So I think he's he's a genuinely brilliant artist and creator. I think that he's had some problems in the past, but he's so good. Oh, man. I could listen to you talk about anything forever, Brian. But I'm going <laughs> to end with this question before we move on to the games, just so we're conscious of time. And I want to get to both my really awesome games I made. But uh, so you talked about how you really like the game Fire Emblem on one of your videos. Have Fire you played... Emblem Sacred Stones. Okay, that specifically? Uh, Sacred Stones and Path of Radiance. Uh, Sacred Stones was for the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. I put probably over 500 hours into that game. Yes. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And I was a, I was a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I would make it so that if one of my characters died, I would, have to, I would restart the level and make it so that I yeah. got every single character <laughs> at every single point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one point I played through Path of Radiance, uh, which is the one where it was Ike's first game. Is that the GameCube one? Yes. Okay. So you have Path of Radiance. What were the two GameCube? Because it was Path of Radiance. Uh, the, no, you said the stones. That was Game Boy. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, one second. I'm looking this up. Yeah, go so for it. So you have Path it. of Radiance. Uh, and what was the second one? Because it was a two-parter. That's what people don't get. It was a two-parter. You had Path of Radiance, and the only one they ever talk about is Path of Radiance because it was a great one. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember anymore. All they played was Path of Path, mm-hmm. Path of Radiance. Okay, so you haven't played Three Houses yet, then? I have not played Three Houses. Okay. Uh, but Path of Radiance, there was I played through it three times and beat it all three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did... I, I got every single dialogue, I got every single character, I got every single romance opened up. Oh, and there was a point that I was going through, and midway through the story, uh, one of these sniper characters, and this is how much of a perfectionist I was with this, mm-hmm. died, and he kept dying, and he kept dying, and he kept <laughs> dying. And I was just like, I can't, I'm like, I had to take a break. And so I sold the GameCube and the game. Oh my god. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Was, yeah. All right, so I was going to ask you about Three Houses so we could bully Brandon for not playing it yet, but you haven't uh, played it either, so I'll bully you too. Uh, jokes on, I'll jokes bully on both you, Evan. We're going to bully you. It's for playing, one. No, you can't bully us. Playing games and stop. what is wrong with stop, you? Stop, stop. You're ruining my life. But, okay. <laughs> that's. I do have other questions, but I want to get these games going because I don't want you to miss out on yeah, the opportunity. We'll have, have you come back at a later time. Oh, absolutely. To throw down the rest of these and more. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, don't even, I won't even... I'll, I'll join... I'm willing to drive to where you guys are just to hang out at some point in time in the future. Oh, well, as oh, soon as uh, we're pestilence-free uh-huh. in the U.S., we'll have to definitely uh, hit you up on that. Yeah, no Absolutely. doubt. Absolutely. So I am I am looking where you guys told me to watch. Yeah, so on the stream, make sure you don't look at the, ch- the chat because that's cheating. Mm-hmm. I don't actually, know how I don't know how to not look at the chat. Okay, I'm covering up the chat. Turn, you can you turn your phone or yeah. If you turn it on the side, it should get rid of the chat completely. But but I'm, um, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna reveal a secret about me, guys. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it did. Oh, do you have a flip phone? Get rid of the chat. No. <laughs> is that your secret? Um, no. Uh, my secret is I actually permanently lock my phone into uh, 
portrait mode? Vertical mode. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm covering the chat. I'm covering right. the chat I trust, right now. I trust are we you. starting with the art activity? We are. The critically acclaimed, okay. most well-known, voted number one name 18 years in a row, art activity. This is something that we probably could name better, but we haven't. And so what I did is I took very, very well-known anime characters, and I redrew them in my own art style, okay? Oh, God. And so what it's up to you two to do is to collaborate and figure out, you know, who these characters are that are so well-known that you guys should know them like the back of your hand. Manga tuber, anime tuber, you guys are the perfect pair to deduce who these characters are. Oh, Lord. So you get one point for getting the character's name, and you get one point for getting the anime that that character is from. Did you did you watch the last game that I did? No. On what? Uh, so uh, a friend of mine was running a quarantine stream. Ooh, okay. And I jumped on, and they were doing Gestus Manga. Yes. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to be honest here, guys. I'm probably going to lose. I'm terrible at games. I actually ended up winning the whole thing out of, like, 20 different manga tubers. It was... Oh, that's like, incredible. I was being... I was being genuinely serious. I was like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm sorry. But the questions that they were asking, I just happened to know every single one. Like, uh-huh. the, the person was trying to be tricky, and they were like, on one of them, and they described uh, a, a, an arc in fairy tale. Yes. Like, a very obscure arc that unless uh-huh. you, like, read it and, like, really <laughs> understood, mm-hmm. it was the Otherworld arc. Oh, okay, sure. Sure, sure, sure. And the way they described it, and it was, you had the choice between one of these manga, one of these is a manga, one of these isn't. But uh-huh. the way they described the rules made it seem like either both of them could be a manga or neither of them could be a uh-huh. manga. And so I sat there and I was like, these are both manga. Yeah. And I was like, I even went further and I was like, one of these is fairy tale, one of these, and not only fairy tale, it is this specific arc. <laughs> and the person asking the questions just started laughing. They went, okay, I'm impressed. So you were but flexing. The first question, I, I was flexing, but the yeah. first question that they asked, I just, it was, they asked a Naoki or Asawa question and I was like, you guys know better than that. Oh no. They, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I watched oh. your um, manga club with the anime dude, and you said you think Michael Jordan is the best scorer in NBA history. Was the debate that was the time? Oh, he's back. So he's back. Uh, you may get that. Go watch his episode, and you point. can go watch the manga club episode with the anime dude, and you can hear them talk about that without. Oh, did me. I interrupt? Sorry. No, it's okay. Is it? We had an interesting discussion yesterday about this. Uh huh. We did. We did talk on Twitter about this too, <laughs> and we kind of came to the conclusion that Kevin Durant is. K, I, I can agree that KD is absolutely amazing. Special. But I also think it's I think it's hard to compare different eras with different yeah. rules, even. Mm-hmm. And and the the point values, right? Like a three point would be so much rarer and worth so much more back then. Oh yeah. Than now. But anyway, so on to anime, on to manga, on to picture one. Bada boom! It should be on your stream. Very very simple. Oh, that's uh, Nami. <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure? Excuse me? Are you sure? <laughs> we gotta work together here. Did you right? see? So. I feel like you said that before you saw the picture, but uh, I am Red. confused. <laughs> Why are you confused? I I told I told him how easy this would be. Uh, well, this is not easy. Okay. Red <laughs> red red hair and a bikini top. Come on now. Is there Who's anything hair, like fake Nami? Well, Ooh, she had more like actually, a football head, so I don't know. She did. I'm, oh, I I'm forgot feeling... about fake Nami. Oh, uh, so it is Nami. See, the or fact that you I'm... said I forgot about fake Nami. I could be pranking that... you. Maybe I knew exactly who fake Nami was. Oh, uh, uh, 
Oh wait, I I have an idea. Can we say that this is like Nami when she gets hit by Jora's art fruit and she gets all like weird looking? You can say if whatever you, you want to say. If you if you think it's Nami, I, I think like that's the only way I can twist that to actually be Nami. So, because <laughs> I I don't have a another guess. I need a final I'm, answer here. I'm leaving it up to you, Brian. I'm leaving it up to you. Final answer needed. Anime and character name, please. Yeah, so I don't know if you heard me, Brian, but I said it's up to you. I think the only way we can twist this into being Nami is if we say it's uh, Jora Art Nami. Is there anyone else that you think it could be, though? That's the thing. I don't have a, a, a second guess. So I like <laughs> Obviously, I, I don't necessarily think it's Nami, but I don't have a second guess. So... It's a problem. We have to we have to go with Nami with confidence. Like when they tell you ABC <laughs> questions in school, mm-hmm. the only thing that's throwing me off about it potentially not being Nami is there's like something in her hair. Oh, Ooh. I guess we could say Orihime, but I don't think that's Orihime. So I'm gonna give oh you 15 God. more seconds. I mean, also her hair. And I need an answer. Blue. So Nami, I'm going with Nami. Nami. All right, we'll and the anime Nami. is what? Just to be just to be clear, uh, it's the One Piece. What the the One Piece? All right, so it is One Piece, but in fact, oh. that's Blue Fan. Oh come <laughs> on! <laughs> Who See, the heck? That's Blue Fan. You don't know Blue Fan? Look at her no, gut. No, no one. If I if I were to message checking right now and say who's Blue Fan, even his encyclopedia <laughs> knowledge would be like. Who the hell are you talking about? It yeah. wasn't it wasn't uh, Nami, you didn't guys. Put the necklace, so I that's, think that yeah, will happen. True. That's I mean, why I, didn't I took artistic liberties, but oh, okay. actually, I'm gonna be honest here. That looks exactly like her. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. That's I, blue fan. Could, did anyone in the chat guess that one? Uh, no. Nope. Uh, <laughs> they all said it wasn't Nami, Nami though. So yeah. Well, we got the one piece right. We got one piece. You right did. You got there. a point. So now we're on to oh. two. Two is up here. Oh crap! Do you know this? I don't know this. Fuck. Look at Dr. Seuss here. I don't think I've ever seen that hat in my life. So, Like, oh my god. Honestly, how are you still good at this? The style (laughs) kind of looks like Naoki Urasawa, to be honest. Like, that's the Uh, vibe I'm getting. But I don't know what scene. The hat throws me off. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The the hat is what's throwing me off because... (laughs) Like, it's just so distracting. I literally can't look at the character's face. All right, well, here's what I'm going to say. All right, I'm thinking it is from Naoki Urasawa. I have not read Pluto. I've only read some of 20th Century Boys. Um, I don't remember this in Monster at all. So as the Pluto expert, Brian, what do you think? Is this guy from Pluto? No. Have you ever seen him in your life? No. (laughs) I mean, it could also be from a Ghibli movie. Is he from from Pluto? No. (laughs) It could also be from a Ghibli movie. Like... Oh man, it's got that kind of style. Like right. the Brandon, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start I'm my gonna countdown go, here. Brandon, I'm going with your confidence okay. on this one. We're gonna say that it's Urasawa. Just even though I'm the Urasawa expert, I gotta make the call the last one. Okay, Brandon, I'm trusting you. All right. Oh no, I got I got no I'm manga anime myself. for this one. I, I'm, I'm I need second guessing myself. No, this uh, is fairy tale. This is Mashima. This is Mashima. Mashima right, from fairy tale. Fairy tale. But he's who's from the fairy, guy? He, uh, uh, I don't know the guy, but I think he's from Fairy Tale. We'll just say Guy Ooh. from Fairy Tale. Guy, guy from Fairy Tale, you think? Guy it's Ferrari. Guy Ferrari. Well, it's actually Daddy D from One Piece. I thought you guys Are you were One Piece experts. Me? Daddy D. That's, that's Daddy D. <laughs> you're literally choosing. You're literally choosing characters that were on screen for less than 15 seconds, and some of them were anime only and not manga. No, these are all canon. Oh, I made sure they were all canon. God. I made sure uh, they're, they're all in uh, manga chapters. I'm pissed. Uh, 
What, I am so what, what art is he from? All right, I, I'll tell you later. I don't have that okay. information with me, but here's our last guy. Not our last guy. But here's what our next guy. <laughs> I will say this. like fucking Jack Frost. This like... is not my best work, but it is work, so. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Like, realistically speaking, the artwork is ama- is not bad. Oh, I, <laughs> thank you. I but who it. the fuck You don't know this? who this guy is? <laughs> I said they were all well-known. All right. I may have lied, but I did say that. Should we say that it's three for three with One Piece? But have you ever seen a blue exclusively put picked One Piece like character? I mean, there are fishmen. <laughs> fishmen do exist, and they are blue sometimes. So, wait, this is a mermaid. This is a. This has got it. No, no, no. Now I'm injecting fake scenes from One Piece into my mind. Like I'm thinking. All right, I think just for trial and error, we uh-huh. should say One Piece for a third time since we have no freaking clue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, let's trust the One Piece. One Piece. All right, we're gonna say either What's a. His all, right, name? I, all right, Brian, I need your opinion here. Are we gonna say Fishman slash Mermaid or Frozen Kid? One of those two. <laughs> um, it, it's gotta be a. It's gotta be a mermaid. And if it was gonna right. be any mermaid, it'd be the scene when they're all being attacked by uh, Koribu. Okay. All right. We'll say mermaid, mermaid from One Piece. From One Piece. Mermaid, okay. mermaid from One Piece. So you guys were very close, except uh, if it you was didn't, Black Clover. If you didn't speak at all, it what? is Black Clover, and it's Poplo Espuma. Poplo Espuma. That's Poplo. Look at him. He's so nervous and laying down. I mean, I only drew his top, but look how nervous he looks. Is it okay? <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. For some reason, I was like Black Clover, but I was like, no, no. no. That, this, I, I was like, hate. there's no way. Like, my gut instinct was like, like I was thinking it was a different shonen, uh-huh. but I was like, no. No, All right. and it would be, oh. This one's much my... easier for you guys. Much easier. I hate you so much made, right now. I made him bigger. Don't worry. It's, this one's easy, I promise. Well, he's got a, a Star of David, so that's... <laughs> that's my poor art skill. That's not okay. intentional. It's meant to be the same thing as on his hat, so... Oh, really? The Have we gotten any of these? <laughs> I mean, we got... Uh, half. We have half a point. We got one piece. You have one point. You have one point. You got one okay. piece on the first one. This is not from One Piece. That I can confirm that. Well, this... I mean, you confirmed the last one was from One Piece, and here we what are with anime the and one point. Cops in it though, like regular this... run-of-the-mill cops. He's not a cop. Look at the shoulder pauldons. Yeah, I mean, he's a militarized cop. And look Those at his star, thing. David. Defund the police. <laughs> I can't believe I put a star, David. I'm so happy that got noticed. <laughs> I knew that was the first thing I saw besides the mustache. Like... I sat there and I was like, I'm not gonna say Star of David because I could be wrong. Oh, oh that's what that is. 100%. It is. <laughs> that, that is 100% a start. Like, this... this is the second to last one, and this is easy, definitely the easiest one. I, I hate you. I got a, a manji symbol or swastika. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> but, um, easy. Okay. Uh, can we... <sighs> you, can, you can guess a ma- an anime and a what, character can name. Can we just say a police officer from Monster? <laughs> like, I'm going to say... No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. You know what? You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with it until it, until I've been proven that it's wrong. Okay. You know, two out of three so far have been One Piece. I'm gonna say One Piece. You think this is One Piece? Brian. He said Brandon said exclusively. It is not One Piece. If this is One Piece, <laughs> like I'll say, I'm going this, to this with throw no a pen across the room. I know Brandon's gonna be mad when he sees this character. 
Oh my god. There's no context. That doesn't mean it is One Piece. It doesn't mean it isn't One Piece. But I oh, know wait, 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 wait. Specifically, he's going to be is. mad. I think I know who this is. I think I know who this is. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. So I remember um, on Water 7, there's that one dude who has like a hat like that. And like, uh, I think he had a scar on his face, though, which is kind of leading Ooh. me to believe maybe this isn't him, unless that's like the side of the ear right there. <laughs> but he was one of like the. Uh... Oh, no, not even not even Water 7. It's the dude that. Um... Nami's he's on Nami's guy. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The dude with the, oh, but he doesn't have a pinwheel on his head. Never mind, I'm an idiot. No, <laughs> no, Star David. No, 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 he didn't put the pinwheel on his head until after Nami's mom got shot in the face by Arlong. So this is like pre-flashback? Yes. If, if we're doing, uh, if we're doing some bullshit name? like this... What's his uh, name? I'm going to need an answer soon here. I'm saying that it's, it's, it's the old man from Nami's village who was hitting on Najiko. Yeah. Okay. okay we'll you know what? I'll, if that's the character... You're going with, if that was correct, I would give you the point for it. But it's not. It's Bob oh from God. Cowboy Bebop. Are you kidding? That's Bob. <laughs> Look at him. He I'm talks mad. to Jet. He's Jet's friend. I'm I, mad. I recognize this character, actually. Well, you just watched Cowboy Bebop. It's been a little while for me now. So <laughs> and this is the that. last one. This is probably, oh aside from Poplo... If you say this is the hardest one, I'm going to reach for the like, computer and think about slapping you. This is probably oh, the hardest God. one besides Poplo. Oh, no, this oh. is... Uh, I, uh, okay, this is this is the dog from the Aroncar arc, isn't it? Yeah, it's from Bleach. We can confirm that right now. What is his we fucking kn- name? <laughs> it had a name? <laughs> yeah, dude, I actually like knew this not that long ago. Oh, I that's... saw it and I was like, oh, that's his name. Okay. Oh, that's rough if you don't remember the name. <laughs> we have Bleach... We know basically, is he from the, he's from the Arankar arc, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's definitely from Bleach. It's definitely from the Arankar arc, but, like, he's going to clown on us if we don't get a name. Um, well, he's been clowning on us this whole time. That's so absolutely correct. You didn't get Bob or Poplo or Daddy D. Or what was the first one again? Blue fan. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> you thought that was Nami. <laughs> I don't know its name. I don't know its All name. Right. Can we just say like Pupper I'll g- from Bleach? I'll give you for for <laughs> for narrowing down the arc. I'll give you a pity point. But thank his, God, his name Dude. is Kukapuro. I'm mad. Kukapuro. Who would have guessed that name from <laughs> from Bleach? I have a hard enough time remembering the main characters' names of the manga that I'm reading currently. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you expect me to remember the dog's name from the Arankar arc yeah. of Bleach? Please. Yes. Piss. And you didn't, so you didn't get the point, so you didn't win. I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> I'm mad. So there's the art activity for the day, and if you want to get even dumber and even more mad, I've got, so I watched the Manga Club interview, the most recent one, where you interviewed uh-huh. Spooky on it, okay? Yes. And I noted in that interview, <laughs> very offhand topic and conversation, you may not even remember, but you oh, talked no. about orange, and if that was a fruit or a color first. Oh, I hate oh yeah, you so that's much. that's what you guys talked about. And so what I did is I went to the Sherwin Williams Paint website and I found some wonderful shades of colors. And I want you guys to compete against each other to try to figure out which is the real name for each color. There will be four oh. choices. You get one point for the correct answer, and you get zero points for an incorrect answer. Oh, Brian right. is our guest. You will start right. first, and then we'll alternate with who gets to go first. Okay? Hey Brian. Yeah. Good luck, but you're gonna lose. Um, yeah, probably. I'm slightly colorblind. Oh, no. I am too, so it's okay. And by by colorblind, I mean I'm blind to the names of freaking colors. All right, so here, the first one is on your your screen, and the colors, the names are Black Magic, Dark Magic, Endless Soul, or Night Sky. 
See, the sad thing is, I think if you looked at three of the three of these four for a different company, they're all going to be the name for black. You could be correct. I'm like the only one that I don't think would be right would be Dark Magic. I think Black Magic, Endless Soul, and Night Sky are going to be part of it. But if I had to guess, like my gut is telling me C or D, and my first instinct was telling me C. And as I've learned through high school, when you go with your first gut instinct, you're usually probably 50% close to being right. So I'm saying Endless Soul. C is your choice, okay? Brandon. See, I actually thought the same thing. I thought Endless Soul seemed the most like. And possible. you may you may choose but the same the same letter know, as the other person. I know, but I, I didn't explain I think, that to Brian, but just for the sake of um, the game, I think I'm going to start out by guessing a different one just to try to get the point. So Ooh, I'm going to okay. go with Black Magic since there are two magics involved. I think there's a possibility you could have been trying to either A swindle uh-huh. us or B there was actually some relation there. So I'm going to go with A. Mm, go with so one of you is correct and, and brian it's not, it's not you uh, <laughs> it's, it's, actually black it's black magic that's, oh, see, I thought, uh, that's the color I, black I magic it was endless soul, though. i did i just wanted to you know try and get a point ahead which <laughs> i did so yeah, it so, works uh, all right so there's the next color and the names the potential names for this color are silver favorite jeans washed jeans or monochrome like so I when i was looking yeah, yes, you do. Uh, yep, this yeah, is your first. Go ahead with what you're saying, though. Nope, nope, because it was going to... Don't help him. So. No, do not help him. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, I think silver is too obvious. I think monochrome is slightly different than that. So I'm going to go with washed jeans. You're going to say washed jeans, okay. C. Brian, what would be your choice? Monochrome, because I remember seeing that in Lowe's when I was looking at colors for my house. Oh, okay. Well... Uh, you're both wrong. It's favorite jeans. I almost picked it. <laughs> the color's name is favorite jeans. Wow, best <laughs> jean. Okay. All right. So oh, no man. points given away for that one, Brandon. You're still on top. I gotta <laughs> get rid of one of these colors. So this is the next color, and the potential names for this are Green Bay, Aquamarine, Dolphin, or Tortoise. So Brian, it is your guess first. If that's a dolphin, then I am six foot tall. That is that is that is tortoise. Tortoise all day, every day. You think day. this is tortoise? Your final answer is D. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go with aquamarine. You're gonna say aquamarine? Yeah, B. Wow, I thought I'd convince you with the dolphin, but it is in fact Green Bay. That was my other choice. That's Green Bay. <laughs> that's green dumb. <laughs> I never said it wasn't. Alright, next color. So this could potentially be hot, oh. pinky pie, slippy salmon, or fuchsia. So Brandon, oh. I believe this is your okay. go. Uh, your I first. think it's gonna be C. I'm, I'm feeling very, <laughs> I'm very drawn to slippy salmon. You think salmon. it's slippy salmon? Well, uh, okay, no, never mind. Final answer, pinky pie. Fin- pinky pie. Pinkie oh, okay. Pie. All right. Pinky pie. Okay. I'll accept it. I'm, I'm choosing. I'm so wrong here. I'm going to say Slippy Salmon. I was going to say oh. Slippy Salmon, too. Ooh, okay. Slippy sounds like a word Evan made up real quick. So that's what I was like. <laughs> like. He's like, oh, Star Fox, Slippy Let, Let's Let's be honest. Let's so. be honest here, Spooky. It's probably going to be, this is the only normally named one. So it, it'll probably be Fuchsia. Okay. This one will genuinely probably be Fuchsia. <laughs> but I'm saying hot. Slippy Salmon. All I'm right. Freak out. So, so, Brandon, you changed from C to B, correct? I did. You went from Slippy Salmon to Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie. And if you would have stayed at Slippy Salmon... You would have been incorrect. Exactly. God, but because you, so you switched much. to Pinkie Pie, 
You're also right. incorrect. Incorrect. Oh. And it is hot. It is a Are you hot. Me? <laughs> what is that? That's hot. That's the color hot. What do you mean? I don't. <laughs> I don't know why you're. How is these are the worst. Like, this is why when somebody's like, is this pink or salmon? I'm like, it's pink. Even I, if it is salmon. <laughs> I'm that guy. I want you to know I warned you this game was dumb. I never said it was good. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, if this is Middle oh, East, cool. I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> so there's this is Middle East, sensational sand, dry <laughs> desert, or tarnished, trump tarnished trumpet. Oh, my God. Tar okay, I'm going to be honest here. Tarnished trumpet sounds like a really bad sex move. So who... <laughs> I forget who goes first this time. I think, I think it's, it's Brian. Me. I think it's yeah, Brian. Yep. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say C. Dry desert. Dry desert. Okay. I'm going with tarnished trumpet because I feel like that is almost too off the walls. You think it's tarnished clear. trumpet? Okay. So. And see, just wait one second before before we do the seven. Mm -hmm. Sure. I just want to sure. point out that the way like you sounded so surprised, like you're impressed that somebody can be so wrong every time <laughs> absolutely because you're both wrong again <laughs> it was <laughs> sensational sand <laughs> are you kidding me i should have went with my piss i want you to know sleep. before <laughs> before i decided on this i was gonna have you just come up with names out of thin air but oh. i knew that would be too hard i thought this would be, <laughs> that would be impossible and, and... who would have guessed freaking hot <laughs> hot yeah so now this color oh, is no. this pale sunrise, rusty trombone. No, that is a sex move. <laughs> tarnished trumpet or pastello yellow. Brandon, you begin. I'm just gonna double down on tarnished trumpet. <laughs> I'm doubling down. I'm saying pastello yellow. Pastello yellow. Now, <laughs> I appreciate that you think my uh, originality in coming up with pastello yellow would be good enough to fit a color, a paint color. But you're wrong, and it is Tarnished Trumpet. This one is Tarnished yes! Trumpet. <laughs> I doubled down. So uh. Brandon officially has won this, but you can Woo! still have some dignity with this last question. There is an opportunity for you to regain your dignity. Is this A, stupid, B, eggshell, C, broken beige, or D, unfussy beige? Oh, God. <laughs> uh let's go with un, uh let's let's go with oh god stupid you want to go with stupid <laughs> i mean this I'm, gonna isn't about... I'm gonna triple down i might as well just accept what i am right now <laughs> this uh, that, isn't about me stupid. this is about this color <laughs> i'm gonna go with d d fussy. oh man d. well one of you is a little too fussy because picking stupid was the wrong choice it is unfussy beige so brandon <laughs> with the clean I know sweep what is, so i knew that wasn't right. no i i knew it wasn't eggshell and i knew broken beige just sounds too dumb and the fact that tarnished trumpet i i just had to double down and be i couldn't get a single one right i think i win by getting the most wrong i'm really happy that stupid was wrong that's amazing Brandon, you're officially for this. Captain Color. I am the Color Master, and I win. That's great. <laughs> Here, you know what? That's my victory drum solo. I don't like that. <laughs> so. Well, you shouldn't have let me win then. I should have. Shouldn't have. You're right. I'll rig it next time for the guest. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we. I'm gonna put it this way. I've lost both games spectacularly. Well, we lost. Yeah, there's no, there's no. I mean, you guys both lost your honor in the art game because that was very simple, <laughs> and I don't understand that you got like too right. But anyways, so locally, where can the people find you? So you can find me on 
my YouTube channel, Lohali, spelled L-O-H-A-L-I. I am not from Hawaii. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Lohali, both places. Heck yeah, so. all the links will be in the description below to check out our guest. And also our links as well if you want to check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, Twitter. Uh, uh, catch them live on Twitch at American underscore Sushi. Gotta and have that underscore. At, yeah, underscore is very important for Twitch <laughs> underscore gang. Um, and then, of course, on YouTube at the American Sushi Podcast. So uh, we end these off with a question, and it is not my turn. So it is I mean, my turn. And, you, you know... I felt like a lot of these questions have been very silly, a lot of little goofs and gaffes, you know, and I've laughed, but I thought I to get a little serious with this, I feel like we've had some good life lessons and good real talk with Brian. So let's end it with, is or is not a hot dog a sandwich? Let us know yep. in Philosophy. the comments section, please. In the, in the comments below, we're eagerly awaiting the answer because we really don't know, but you could enlighten us. And uh, we will know that then. we philosophically talked about the hot dog question for two hours and 30 minutes. I appreciate you coming by. Brian. I mean, yeah, we all know what my thoughts are. If we have to well, talk about a hot dog, you have to talk about the taco. Uh, you can't say it. You can't say it. I don't. It. Stop. Uh, go comment it. Comment it. We got to go. We'll back for a future episode. We're, we're going to go now. <laughs> we got to go. Bye. Right. Absolutely. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.